Hey guys, what's up? Just Jason again. Um, another special bonus episode for you guys. Um, you know, a lot of time on my hands right now with the quarantine, being home and not working. So actually um, went ahead and did another talk with Derek Vella of Tumult. This one is, uh, this one's different than our last two. Basically, I didn't prep any questions, you know, didn't really do any prep work except for our, our weird segment that we threw in at the end, which is not metal at all. We went into uh, one of our favorite mutual bands that I know we had discovered we both liked a little while ago and had talked about and decided what the fuck, you know, why not do a, a podcast on it? So we did our, our top 20 drive-by trucker songs. You know, that might not mean much to you guys. So if you've never listened to that band before, you know, maybe check it out beforehand or see what we've got to say about it and see if that interests you. But before that, we talked for at least an hour and a half about metal about Tumult, about the coronavirus, what's going on with all that. Um, you know, whatever, man. Just kind of everything, new music we've been listening to, what he's been doing with Outer Heaven. I don't I don't even remember everything we talked about. It was quite a lot, but it was a great conversation. I love, always love talking to Derek. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, hopefully, maybe, we'll have a few people converted on Drive-By Chuckers by the end of the episode. So you guys enjoy. Stay metal. So you're not you're not working right now? No, I, I do like um, therapy, like occupational therapy, and uh, oh yeah, I thought I was gonna have a job, you know, because <laughs> yeah. people need it still. But um, the stuff I do, it's not as like critical, and so they just kind of like basically slashed most people for now and kept a few. Uh. But I mean, you know, it's honestly, it's like you know, I'm getting unemployment. It's not like it's a huge, huge cut. No, for sure. So I mean, you know, I'm not too too worried about it right now. What about you? Um, kind of the same boat. I mean, I work in a cafe, right? So we're technically, we're not an essential service. We, we kicked the tires on doing window service, but we closed over a month ago now. Did you? Um, yeah. The moment that it became known that if you were like, even before they, Canada put out their like emergency, um, relief package, we you knew you could apply for EI and get it. They kind of just shut down the shop and told everybody apply for EI. Yeah. Um and just stay inside. And cuz we we by the end of it, the last weekend we were open and it was that was when it was starting to get serious. Um our cafe was still full of people. Like and was we, it really? we yeah, and we tried to make it known like well, we're only doing takeout only and like blah blah blah, but everybody still wanted to just sit in the cafe all day. 
<laughs> so at any point in time, we're in a space that's holding anywhere from 25 to potentially 40 people. So we felt the most at risk. We're like, this sucks. Um, yeah, man. And we, we like, we struck all the tables and we just did like, you can come in and get your drink and then get out kind of service. Yeah. Um, but at that point as well, there were so many precautions being taken that it just, it was kind of, it's demoralizing. Like I really feel for all the people that have to stay at work. And I know the people who came in the last couple of days and were making just the shittiest jokes about this whole thing. That, that was like, it's just not fun. Don't I go know. and try to make light of this. This is a serious matter. And the people who are having to work, like just, just be nice to them. I like, know, man. Don't, don't be a dick, but <laughs> it's, it's so hard for people. People feel so entitled to their, they're like, you know, their useless life and they just want it to be as they want yeah. it. That's why you see people protesting right now. I was going to say, especially in America, I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, everybody thinks their rights are being stripped away and we've got a Michigan protest going on today. So, oh my God. I don't well, know, didn't I, I swore I saw some photos of maybe a protest in Ohio where there were Confederate flags as that well. Was, that was our lovely Michigan, man. There was Fuck <laughs> someone had a swastika. There was yeah, Confederate that, flags. Okay. So that was Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I don't know. I mean, it's like I, I hear, you know, I hear some of the arguments. I get it. It's a bummer, you know, no doubt. But like, man, yeah, sure. some people are just, it's the conspiracy theories flying high. Everything's getting politicized. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Just, no, it, I can't. I can't deal with it. It's 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 funny. The, the messaging watching the American news versus watching the Canadian news has been very different. Mm. Um, because our, so... In Canada, um, we have – in every province, you have a premier. I guess that would be comparable to your, your governor of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Our premier of Ontario is a total, like, dunce uh, crook. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. his, his brother – his name's Doug Ford. His brother, Rob, used to be the mayor of Toronto. He's most known for – there was a video of him smoking crack with people that got leaked on the internet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Doug's his brother. And luckily, though, because this all comes from the top, so – our prime minister uh, Justin Trudeau, who's not a good prime minister, has been very has been very sobering about the fact that he's like, you know, this could this could be your life for a, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, just that kind of long view. And luckily, our our premier Ford has been mostly in line with that. And they just kind of keep extending the stay at home order by another twenty eight days every time the twenty eight day cycle is up. Yeah, um, makes sense. But the and then you go read the American news and there's just there's states that are trying to gear up opening like movie theaters and hair salons on mm-hmm. like this Friday, maybe like, yeah, like you got to be out of your fucking mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the people in, and that who gets screwed the most is the people that have to work at those places. That's what I was saying to my wife. I know, man, it's unfortunate because when there's the order, at least you just there's no choice. You have to do it. But with this, you're going to have to report to work. Otherwise, you can't get an employment or any kind of, you know, that kind of well, thing. That's. And that's it. My my fiance lives in Philadelphia, which has just been and, and the borders being closed has created a new wrinkle in our day to day stresses. But she's a hairdresser as well, mm-hmm. and we we were talking about it because it was like luckily in in Pennsylvania they're not they're not saying anything like that right now. But if if they want to open up hair salons, then and if you're and if your Boston want to open, then like they're not going to get relief that a small business would normally get. And then you won't, you might not be able to continue yeah, getting mm-hmm. unemployment. And that's just, that's brutal. You're forcing people to go to work. And then if more, if your, if your curve spikes back up, then like you should just be held for crimes against humanity or some shit. <laughs> Honestly, man, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Like if that does happen in some of them states that are going to try that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
I was talking to my bandmate Payson about it, and he said, do you think bands will tour by 2022? And I said, That's I think so. One. It is. And I said, but I don't. I still don't know about 2021. What Dude, do you we think? just had this conversation the other day on uh, on like a bonus episode. We were talking about oh, that yeah. and like, first, oh, sir, we, I don't I don't mean to make you recycle material. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean it was just our it's for the Patreon stuff anyway. So oh, okay. it's it's, okay. it's a, a smaller crowd. But it was, it was no. What I was gonna say though it was just funny that when we started talking about it, we were just kind of like realizing that this year was done. You know, because we oh, started off yeah. being like, okay, well the summer we're we're gonna be good, and then yeah. we were talking like, fuck, I we're not like it's not. No one's gonna allow like a gathering of more than fifty people by the end of the year. I mean, I don't no, think, no, right? I don't. I. I. No way. Like, um. Well, it's funny because um. At the end of twenty nineteen, yeah, we're in twenty twenty now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at the end of twenty nineteen, um, Two Mold had like a conversation. We were like, you know, twenty nineteen was great. We did a lot of stuff. Let's just, let's just pump the brakes almost like 100 percent. we agreed to do one show for 2020 yeah and even that show got postponed now right migration migration fest yeah, yeah. so f- for for that we, d- we didn't really have to do anything but uh i had joined outer heaven right mm-hmm. so that that was that was a painful one just every day being like so is this thing gonna get canceled yet and yeah. is it better to get out ahead of this and just say we're not gonna do it and kind of safety first and all that and so anything that we had planned for 2020 is it's got to be out the window now yeah um but it it's a combination of i mean we're all we're all on the we're, we're kind of in a holding pattern right because this won't go away till we have any sort of progress on a vaccine right, right. like you can flatten the curve, but I think the curve flattening is just so that when there's another spike that hospitals are equipped to yeah. handle the second wave. Um, so it's not like if we all hide in our in our houses for two weeks and we all come out, the, the virus is gone. It doesn't work that way. Right. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I don't see I don't see anything happening in twenty twenty. I think it's I think it's irresponsible to think so. Now, what if we get the vaccine? Because they're saying, you know, maybe earliest case a year in a couple months kind of a thing. Okay, a you year I mean? till we have a vaccine in circulation, or just a vaccine, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was That's, like the earliest too, though. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even. I mean, they might develop one, and then it's you know fucked up, and we have to wait longer. I mean, That's, I, I know it's the it's the fear, and it's. Uh, I mean, the, if if they just had kept a few people on when we had the SARS crisis in the early 2000s to like for research and development into this virus, because that's it's the it comes from the same yeah. It's the same origin or whatever. We would have been on top of this by now, but yeah. um, that's the problem with, uh, I guess, like privately owned pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. Right. Uh, they put their they put their money elsewhere. Um, but it's also there's also the human element of this. Like, how how long until people feel comfortable going into big spaces with a bunch of people? True. I mean, yeah. even covered up. Like when I make my like maybe one once a week trip to the grocery store with a mask and gloves, it's still like we still feel like anxious Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know i don't know how long until that stops yeah i mean so so as far as it sucks for bands like because i know so far well i've seen a a lot of the tours i was pumped to go to you know they just pushed it to next year you know same date or whatever 2021 (sighs) but i mean yeah so what are you guys doing with two more outer having you guys just gonna wait and see pretty much Like, like like i said luckily with two mold, we didn't have anything planned, so it wasn't a big deal. Like we had nothing to cancel, and then we just were kind of waiting for what to see what was going to happen with migration. Yeah. Um, 
and without our heaven, it's, we kind of can't do anything until we just know more, right? Yeah. It's, it, it comes down to the, the, the bands, if they feel comfortable touring at a certain point, if promoters feel comfortable even entertaining the idea. Like, how do you plan for if – you're, if you're someone who books shows for a living, like, how do you plan for this? Like, you can't. Yeah, no. And it's – yeah, I know I the, saw on a Facebook post just last night, uh, there was a show from Michigan Detroit band Acid Witch, and they were supposed to be playing uh, pretty quickly here. And, and and the promoter for a pretty awesome venue here, the Sanctuary, I think you played there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of that's like the spot here. And uh, mm-hmm. But anyways, they were just saying, like, they postponed it for, shit, I think it might have been... At the latest, it would have been spring, I feel, I feel like. So they were already, like, trying to... Set oh, things I up. I think they're taking that route. Like, let's go ahead and reschedule it, and then if we can't, we cancel it again. Yeah, just kind of keep, just like infinitely postponing mm-hmm. something. Which I get it. You know, that's their business. Oh, and totally. God, you I know, hate I'm, to see I, all these places shut down. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't give anyone shit for trying to stay on top of like their own scheduling. It's just like, yeah, we're all, we're all kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just it's uh it's crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah. Have you been taking advantage of like the downtime though? At least, like I know you uh, said you've been writing somewhat, a little bit and somewhat. I'm. I mean, uh, I try to just create a routine where I don't. I just don't sit around and feel uh, overly miserable about this. I think the hardest part for me is the fact that um, there's a there's a border between my fiance and I currently, right? Mm, wow. And and that one is tough only because it's closed. We don't know when it'll reopen. So uh, That's we kind horrible. of and it and I saw today. Or I saw yesterday that um, Trump was going to sign an executive order to put a hold on issuing uh, like work visas and green cards. Mm. I wasn't applying for a green card yet. We were just uh, we've submitted an application for a fiance visa. Okay. Um, and that like we look we we check the status of it all the time and that hasn't nothing's changed. But that's the thing is like we don't know what that means. And even that in itself is on hold because it's not like. I can finish the application while all this is happening. I have to go get like a, a doctor's exam by like mm. a certified doctor. There's only one in Toronto. Um, and then I'd have to go for an interview at like the U S consul in Montreal. And it's like, that stuff's not going to happen while this is happening. No, they're not. And they're not going to, they're not going to give me an interview on zoom, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like uh, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. And then even if I, and like, could you imagine if, I had all that stuff done and then I have the fiance visa, which is only valid for 90 days, just like the show 90 day fiance. Mm -hmm. And then they close the borders. Then I'm fucked and I'd have to reapply for the whole goddamn thing. Like it's just, uh, so I guess that weighs on my mind a little bit for sure. But then yeah, day to day though, I just, uh, luckily I don't live since I don't live in Toronto anymore. I, I can be very isolated. I don't see people like yeah. we I live in the suburbs. You see maybe people walking or their kids walking down, down the street, but you could go, you could go days without seeing another person in the yeah. outside world. So I just, you know, I get up, I have coffee, I play guitar, I exercise cause uh, I have a backyard and I can go running and not have to touch anything or contact, yeah. like touch any people. And luckily, I, I'm smart enough to take the initiative that if I'm ever running and I see someone, I'll make the point to like, kind of veer six yeah. feet minimum away from them. Because even <laughs> – you know when you're walking down the street and there's someone – like your path is going to be obstructed by someone walking the opposite way. And then it kind of turns into this unspoken game of chicken. Like who's <laughs> going to move for who? Right. I don't want to deal with that right now. I don't care. So I'll, I just, I'll be the one that moves. I'm <laughs> yeah, the one that's nice like – 
I'm yeah, and I'm the one that's like huffing and sweating. So like, don't don't stand near me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then how about you? Like you you had a you had a new you had a kid in the last year, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, honestly though, it's really cool because I, mm. I'd be I'd be working all day and coming home, and I you know I get to see him, but you know he just turned nine months, and it's like a super oh. fun age and. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I'm not complaining. I mean, like you said, your fiance is not with you. Like, that sucks. I mean, I've got my wife, I've got my kid, and I'm just looking at it as extra family time. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's crucial, especially especially with a newborn, like at nine months, like to have more time with your kid. Like, you can't can't beat that. Yeah, I have a friend who's, they're currently expecting their second kid, I think, within the next couple months. Yeah. So wow. it's like, you know, it'd be good to be home for that. But I, I also, I don't know what, um, like the relief bundles are offering for like new parents or anything like that. If they're, if they're going to offer extra, right. Uh, they should. I, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause like up here for, at least for unemployment, we only have it for like, they, they basically say you're covered for 16 weeks. Right. Um, which would take us, I think into, as to when it started, I think mid June. And I don't know if they're trying to, if they're trying to project that they're going to reopen the economy for mm-hmm. mid June up here, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, uh, I think ours might. is like June or July too. Yeah, it it might. I just don't. I just don't see it, man. Mm-hmm. Well, Trump's pushing hard here, so who knows? But <laughs> I I I made the comment uh, to my bandmate Payson. I was like, we're, I'm waiting for the day when I wake up where Trump's found a way to suspend the 2020 election. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like, I, it, I, I just He's like probably try, right? Bet on the possibility, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah, but I mean, I, like, I, I, I'm just waiting for like a million albums to release, like you know, next year or whenever. I guess someone gets the chance to actually record it. But like, well, that's the all thing this too, downtime. Right? Is it is it bad form to go into the studio to record right now? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I hope, I hope though too that a bunch of bands don't see this as an opportunity to just put out like a record because then we might just get a lot of shitty records too. <laughs> I know, dude. We're gonna be oversaturated for the next like two years. I mean, we're already oversaturated, but <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Um, that was a that was like that was why also it was just like it felt so easy to for us after we did Planetary to be like let's not do another record like yeah. this is like we're if we do another like no one will care like at that point people would just be like can you just stop like <laughs> and then also after like after that much material that soon like you have to I think you have to take a step back and be like I don't want to do the same thing how do right. we how can we we have to like reinvent ourselves which can be great and then can also it can also be you know, heart work by Carcass, which I don't know how you feel about that record, but like, I feel a certain way and I don't like it. And like, you know what I mean? You just like, I do love that record. I, and I get it. I, (laughs) so they probably, but that's the thing, right? Like, uh, that, the, the, the risk of, uh, reinvention is also kind of scary. That's it. Like I, when, when surgical steel came out, I, I thought it was, I I hated it so much. Um, There's that one song on it though, um, and I didn't like it until I saw them play it um, live. I think it's called "Unfit for Human Consumption," where it's basically right. just two different Megadeth riffs, but like done in Carcass style. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Okay, and I'm like, this is a good song, and then I realized it's just because it's two Megadeth riffs that I like played by Death Metal Man. I was like, oh, that's actually that's actually pretty good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I like I think if I I fear that we're just gonna I get maybe a slew of 
generic stuff if people just feel compelled to be like, well, we should put something out during this. Yeah. But then again, maybe for every like uh, 10 bad records, you'll get one good one. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, I guess also if you're a label, you have a, you have a schedule, like you have a, t- a timetable of the records that you've agreed to put out. But after a certain point, you're going to stop getting n- new stuff, I guess, right? Yeah, so are all point. labels going to have to like go through months of just trying to like kind of scrape things together to find, to put out, to keep themselves going? That's a good point. I didn't think about the labels. Yeah. And some like some will be fine and some will it'll hit harder. Um, yeah. So there's – yeah, the, when, when you really stop to think about it like and you think of like – and it goes beyond this like little world that we live in, just the amount of people that are going to be like – affected by this like the the ripple the ripple effects are aftershocks almost of yeah. of all it's going to be it's going to be something else so you like with the i know you so you mentioned the doom project that you've been working on yeah i mean yeah. is that something that you you said you had it written but did you get to record it yet and uh we had made a plan for like spring summer to record it okay we is funny actually like my uh my, my mate and i met in philly i guess in February? Yeah, February. Because mm-hmm. I was down there to play with Outer Heaven. And we met after and we kinda like we talked about it and we had we had we had all we'd both been like keeping notes of everything and we had the songs are written like they uh everything everything's in line for it to happen except the fact that we can't record it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys gonna still try for it if possible or just when when see. we know when we can, we will for sure. Yeah. Just if and if we have to wait a year, we'll wait a year. Like I don't I don't mind. I'm fine yeah. with waiting. It'll happen. Um I'm pumped on it. Uh how long have you uh been writing it? I guess I started writing it after Tumult came back from we did a little West Coast jaunt after Psycho. I think after that I came back. We had a little bit of downtime. I started thinking about it and then we went to we went to Europe and toured. And then I think when we came back I I wrote the whole thing over like a couple months. Wow. Yeah. And is this another one where so you did all of it or I did all the writing, like the primary writing. Mm-hmm. Um and then I sent it all to um my bandmate Justin and he kind of will give me notes being like, what do you think of like putting something here or there? And I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. Let's just like, let's just make a note of it. And then when it comes time to actually coming up with something, we'll come up with something. Yeah. Um, but it definitely like, it took me, it took me a little bit to like find like almost like the, the groove of it. Like, I think like I, I think there was a couple songs that I'd written where I kind of just um, scrapped almost the whole thing hmm. and just started over on it. It's sort of, it, it kind of like you have to almost change your mode. Um, if you're so used to just writing one thing. Yeah. So if you're writing like just like drop B death metal for two years and then you don't want to write drop B metal anymore, kind of, you have to, it's like a readjusting, readjustment period. Right. Had you, had you ever messed around with that style before? Um, not really. No. Um, I never, I never really write things until I know I have to, if that makes sense. Hmm. So for example, um, I never tried to write a death metal song before Max asked me to start Tomb Mold because okay. as much as I liked it, I didn't see any reason to work with it. I just assumed well, I would never be in a death metal band. And like if this, I think I've said this before, but if 
Tumul didn't exist, but this whole boom of death metal was happening. I would just be like a happy spectator. Right. Um, which but is, that's pretty fucking nuts that you never wrote a death metal riff before that. And then yeah, that's no, what came like, out. Uh, I think like the closest I ever came to writing anything aggressive like that was when Max Pace and I used to have this, used to be in this band. It was Payson's band called Purity Control. It was more like a power violence-y grind band. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote, I wrote a couple songs during that, but those were just like, you know, 60 seconds long and sure. a little different. But yeah, no, I, I never... I never write anything until I have to. But then the, the the beauty of it is you can literally anyone could approach me with like any sort of like band idea and if I thought it was good I would just be like, Okay, I'll try to I'll try to write for that. Yeah. Which is it's like a fun it's like a fun challenge, right? What was the like challenge for writing? Because you you would describe this as more of like a funeral doom, is that what you said? Yeah, somewhat. Like it's um it it, it has funeral doom qualities. I wouldn't it doesn't like it it because that's the closest, I think, style of doom I would associate mm-hmm. it with. That or like, you know, bands like, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Um, like uh, My Dying Bride or Tiamat or like stuff like that. You know, more mm-hmm. like kind of melodramatic, which, okay. is, which is kind of where we landed. I didn't want to write like 15 minute songs because it's boring. The biggest challenge is how do I write doom without being bored by it? Cause right. That that's like I mean it's a common I think that's a common gripe is that a lot of doom is boring. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's why I, I mean I didn't get into it until like last year and just finally this year I'm like actually into it into it especially funeral doom and I think that oh, was the okay. reason I mean I just like maybe the wrong records or maybe yeah, I wasn't it, ready for it I don't know but yeah it's got to be it's it's funny maybe. though like I I say that but then like Esoteric put out that like two hour record last year and I was like this yeah. is the this is the best shit. I like to love it. <laughs> yeah, that was that, like, that's one of the ones that actually got me going on it. But just because those guys can write 19 minute songs doesn't mean I want to. Right. I like I'd rather write something that is moving and yet somehow a little more accessible to me. So, um I like I think like I like the 6 to 10 minute range for stuff like that. Maybe yeah. oh, maybe 12, but I'm not going to I'm not going to push for it. But what was what was the question? Well, just like what were the challenges of it since it was a different oh, style? Uh how can I how can I write a riff that I don't I don't try to overcomplicate just out of my own like fear of like is this does this sound too derivative is this mm-hmm. too boring and and sometimes like you know like I'm not trying to shake my fist at derivative riffs sometimes those are helpful to like uh, bridge the gap but mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I'd say that um, I would get too worried that I was being like parts would be too melodic sounding or too uh like melodramatic sounding yeah. but luckily i have a bandmate who is just like no just keep going like kind of encourages it which helps i think if if you're with someone who's like i don't want any of that then you'd be at a real right you'd be at a real like you'd be really stuck and it's the same even with like if i uh, with writing death metal i think sometimes we get worried it's like is this part gonna sound too like melodic and like a traditional sense but then i don't know if you've heard that record by that band that it just came out last month or this month um i'm gonna pronounce it terribly um sweven or sweven oh uh, yeah 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 that record is perfect it's incredible yeah we and, yeah, were just talking to somebody about that yeah and there are riffs on that record that sound like like mineral or other like 90s emo bands that like mm-hmm. i i have listened to and they're a death metal band and it's just like oh well then none of this shit matters just write exactly. whatever you want and it's it's great i was really excited to see that were you out. a fan of like Morbus Cron before that? Oh my god, that Morbus Cron that that this that the LP of the same name is, has like some of the 
greatest songs. Yeah. And it the sound of it is so good too. It doesn't sound heavy. Like right. it's so twangy, which like I really like. Yeah, that band's good. So I was happy to see I was happy to see um like the dude reform it. I don't know how I think it's only maybe one or two people from Morbus Cron in this band. I don't I don't Yeah, talk. I didn't look too far into it. I but I've it's been one of the ones I feel like I've been playing the most, you know. It's like yeah, it's a, and I've seen a few complaints like it's not as heavy, you know, let alone less death metal, which for sure. But I, I, I don't know how you can complain, man. Like some of those heights it hits, some of those like no I, moments I think on it. It's funny, like I I I found it's like such a when we got back from the European tour, like I didn't, I admittedly didn't really listen to Morbus Cron a lot, and then it mm-hmm. came on in the van during tour, and I kind of just got stuck on it. And then when I got home, I just it was all I wanted to listen to. Yeah, and. Yeah, I don't know. I I think uh, I think it's refreshing. I think I and you know you can you can attribute blame to my band for this too. But I, everything is like the the quest for heaviness. Like we just gotta. I think we gotta like pull back a little bit. That's why I think I think the Swevin record was such a breath of fresh air. It was like bright sounding. It was exactly like, it was catchy. It was melodic. Like, yeah, I, oh, it really, it really, it's really resonating with me. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it, it, there's so much of the caveman and heavy stuff, which yeah. don't get me wrong. I eat it up. But like it, sure. when you have something like that come out, it, it does set itself apart. It's like a fresh air. And yeah, I mean, especially when, yeah, like you said, coming from a band that was, I mean, I hope this one gets a little bit, gets its due. You know what I mean? Being that Morbus Crunch still, and yeah. I, I'm like you, man, I, I was the same way. I actually never listened to them until whenever Horrendous put out that last album, like what, a year or two ago, two years ago, Idol? I guess. Idol? That yeah. One? Yeah, 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 I talked to those guys then, and they they said, oh, you know, yeah, they mentioned sure. them, and I was like, oh, and then it made so much more sense listening yeah. to horrendous and everything. But oh yeah, I would I would say so. Um, I know that it, it'll. I I can't tell like how 
people will respond to it. I don't know, like, I don't know what determines, like, which records will bite and which ones won't. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to be one of those end of the year ones. Like, a few people will write about it, and then people will be like, oh, this, okay, I should like this. It's good. Hopefully. Um, hopefully that happens. That or, like, maybe they'll tour when all of this blows over. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Because I don't, I don't know if Morbus Cron ever came to North America. Yeah, I have no idea. Actually, have no. I actually have no clue. Someone will correct us. Yeah, but yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. I mean, it's like it's it's cool to hear a band that just doesn't care and. Yeah, I I think there's there's something really freeing about that, right? To just just write whatever you want. And, yeah. And if you and suffer the consequences later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not that they're gonna suffer any. I think I think enough people will be like, "This is great." I think it'll. It might. I guess might piss off purists, but like fucking cares. <laughs> um, yeah. No, nope, I, I hear you. I think it's fine. Like, I think, I think blending genres is, is interesting. It's sort of like, um, what's that? The, you know, like that band knock loose, mm-hmm. like they, they blend, they blend a couple different things together. I say pretty well. For um, sure. Like they, they will write morbid angel sounding riffs better than, most death metal bands that are trying to write morbid angel sounding yeah. riffs yeah. but then then they'll pair it with something that sounds like it's out of a Norma Jean record from 15 years ago or whatever <laughs> and it's like oh right. there, you, there you go yeah and then yeah. It, it's also fun though because it's like I didn't I didn't know peep that like that was still resonating with people like records that were coming out in like the early 2000s like out of Dude, metal it's cult. becoming a, like a retro thing right now it seems that way My, i didn't like, really know about it either but we had like um we'll do like an episode here or there we'll have like the listeners on the patreon stuff like send us stuff to talk about a little bit and we, we've gotten a lot of like this retro like exactly like you said that era of like the norma jeans and just those like hardcore with some dissonant aspects or whatever right um and I mean, it's not necessarily doing anything new, but it's nostalgic. Yeah, I think that was. I remember uh, this would have been, I guess, a year or two now that when that band um, Vane really popped off. That's what they're yeah. called, right? Yeah. And it was just like, oh, it sounds like botch. And yeah. I'm not. That's not me. That's not me throwing shade. But it was. It was more so. I didn't know people still wanted to play like botch. And then here we are. I don't know if it's maybe um, a younger, you know, generation maybe. that maybe didn't get it first time around, and now it's like coming back Maybe. or i don't know or people that want to be nostalgic i guess right is it yeah like is it a, like i guess you'd have to go to like you'd have to go to a gig and like kind of take the temperature of the audience like how old right. is like the average person is this a nostalgic thing or is there something about this style of like pseudo melodic beatdown music that is like resonating with people um i don't yeah. know but it's i mean everything everything comes back right like i don't think people ever thought that and put like old school death metal would be like a trend again right but and yet here we are (laughs) um yeah what's the best thing that a a listener has has suggested Uh, like something like for the podcast that like you hadn't heard that you heard and you're like holy shit this is really good oh my god well it's so hard because what we did we did like our patreon thing and we have like a private facebook group you know for Mm -hmm. just those people and i mean they literally are like basically providing us with like everything good right now yeah. But like maybe let's see, what would be like one of the better ones that we've gotten? Shit. I'm I've become absolutely useless with keeping up with stuff now. Well that's exactly it, man. I mean I try my best. I try. Um, uh, the the, but... the, the, the Sweden or Sweven record was the one I think from this year so far where I was just like, Oh my god. Oh, and I the the new 
Rancy Pazuzu record I really do like. I gotta listen to it. I haven't yet, it is, but I know it's gonna be good. It's scary sounding. It sounds like a Silent Hill soundtrack and Nine Inch Nails. Like, it's awesome. Does it really? Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's another one that's been going around in there, so I know I gotta check it out. There's this one cool one I'm looking at my band camp right now. I don't, do you get into black metal at all? Uh, here and there. Here and there. Yeah. Well, this one is, uh, the name is... I don't even know how to say it, but Kavayan, K-V-A-E-N, The Funeral Pyre is the album. Okay. This was a pretty cool one so far. I mean, if you like kind of the Abbott Immortal kind of heavy metal mixed with, you know, some black okay. metal, it's more in that vein. It's not super sinister or anything like that, but I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff sometimes. So that was kind of a fun one. the band called again kvayan or kvayan k-v-a-e-n k-v-a-e-n yeah yeah have you checked out the new black curse album um no i have like only a couple songs and okay. i also i also didn't did i no i i wasn't able to see them when they played at Killtown. Oh, okay um do you like it yeah dude i mean it's it's it's, it's intense from what i <laughs> from what i recall it's quite vicious which right. is um uh, are the vocals really present in the mix I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's a standout, you know what I'm saying? It's not right up front, but okay. I've only listened to it one time, but I immediately, you know, wish listed and kept it there. I was like, that's, that's going to be one I'm coming back to, I would say. Yeah, no, I remember from like the snippets I've listened to that I, I can recall thinking that Eli's vocals sounded really good. So I was just yeah. like, oh, I hope they're loud. Um, yeah, I had no compl- I wasn't thinking like, oh, you know, they need to be loud or anything like oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, but- okay. Um, yeah, no, I have to... I have to put it on a list. I just get, I get such an, I get into such a mode of listening to the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. So with, uh, cause like I, I'm a, I have like, I use a desktop computer, so I'm on a computer a lot. So I usually just have YouTube open and then I just make playlists on YouTube of things I want to listen to. And then I just fall into a hole of different <laughs> YouTube channels and all that stuff. Well, I was going to say like, I have really taken a break from listening to a lot of new stuff. Cause I have like, ever since you sent that playlist of like, 
oh yeah all the demos and all that stuff like i didn't know probably 75 percent of that stuff and yeah. i've been listening to a shit ton of that just trying to like there's go some through it. so the, the list of that is funny because there's some stuff on there that i really really like and then some of it i i'm like i think this is terrible but i'm kind of just like so intrigued by it like <laughs> i found like just when you're like digging through and you you realize there was like like uh some technical death metal band out of like Halifax, Nova Scotia in the nineties. We were like, right. I didn't, I didn't know this existed. So I have to, I have to save it just so I know. But for anyone like listening, like I would say, if you look up your name, yeah, the, 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 the playlist up. is public. So it, it's, it's just a lot of, a lot of nineties death metal tapes. You probably, I'd say probably 20% of it is from the same YouTube channel, Ken's death metal crypt, which is a yeah. fucking awesome channel. Yeah. And then like some like some technical thrash on there that is known but maybe not super well known. And then just a lot of like yeah that technical death metal out of the '90s that I care about too much. And then like you know something like a uh, Sean Reinhardt drum clinic from like the '90s where right. he's playing to like weird like jazz backing tracks. <laughs> but then he breaks down the intro of Flattening of Emotions by Death, and it's yeah. very fun. Well, it's funny because I just. Uh... I was uh, the per- the inner person I was telling you about with the bad connection when I was talking to you like a week ago. That was Phil from Theolus, Phil Tugas, oh, you know. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, I was talking to him and like one of the things because he's got his own YouTube channel and he's got like a shit ton of demos up there. Yeah. And so I was like, give me your five best demos, you know. So like, oh, yeah. I started down that path and then you sent me that. I don't know if it was like the same time or whatever. So I've just been on this like demo kick, which to be to be honest, I'd never really. I'm not the guy where the demos better, you know. I. I Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? I've just always kind of skipped it. I might check it out here or there if it's a band I really love. But um, but saying that, you know, after listening to the ones he suggested and then going through some of the ones on yours, I'm like, I'm going to spend a lot more time digging because it's just fun and it's cool yeah, to hear where it, bands came from. It is fun. And and some of like some of it, I think, was just a lot of it is cassette only. Maybe it's a full length almost style record, but it only came out as a cassette. Um, right. I, like I think of stuff like, um, where's one? Like uh, the band Absorbed put out like a demo called Unreal Overflows, and it came out on Drowned Productions. And then you kind of just from there, if you hear that, and then you go to Drowned Productions, you might find ten or twelve things you've never heard that are really mm-hmm. good. It's the same label that put out, you know, a copy of Slumber of Sullen Eyes by Demigod or other Finnish mm-hmm. stuff at the time. But then there was just these other things like that or Inertial Mass only on a tape who knows how many were made uh right. you could buy it on discogs for probably 60 dollars or something yeah but yeah i just uh i find it interesting but it's also an, a niche thing like if you like i find i have to narrow my focus because if i'm if i just think i want to listen to death metal demos there's like ten thousand. <laughs> yeah um well that's why it was cool to get yours because it's like narrowed down for me already it and- <laughs> definitely skews a certain way yeah and some of that stuff, like, you know, like a band like Human Remains, like, you know, some of those guys went on to do Discordance Access and, and Dude, other stuff like that. you sent me down a big kick with that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, ne- I feel like that's a band I should know about. I mean, how big are Human Remains? I don't know. I think, I think maybe they might be bigger into people who are more into, like, grind because their later stuff mm. was more more grindy in that discordance access or grid link kind of way. I think they might've put out something on relapse at some point, but mm-hmm. those like that second demo tape is just unreal. It's so good. Yeah. 
I do know. I, I looked it up on. Uh, I was trying to find it because I don't. When I'm driving around, YouTube kind of sucks for data, you know, and everything. But oh, sure. But on Bandcamp, they actually have a full collection on Relapse of like all the demos. That's the EP, right. That's right. You know, it's kind of like all on there for you. So I was going through that too. So I mean, maybe that gained some traction or whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I like grind and stuff. I'm not the biggest fan, but I liked how it was a mix of spastic grindy stuff but like that old yeah. school death metal presence was like pretty strong too especially yeah. with the vocals being you know that <laughs> pestilence uh martin van june and kind of style like for man, sure big sucker for that the dudes in that band went on to be in discordance axis right the drummer dave and uh steve the guitar player i've met dave he's a super nice guy is he's got to be he's been in so many bands i mean oh yeah but uh <laughs> yeah he's 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 a real one and it's funny like it's funny meeting someone like that who i don't think people would think would be like a, a big deal it's just like okay i have to i don't want to sound like a punisher <laughs> yeah you get worried about that oh for sure um it's <laughs> I'd rather meet someone like that than like someone from Morbid Angel. I just find it a much more real experience, um, yeah, personally. Yeah. But yeah, there's some there's some good stuff. But this is like it was just like a way to beat boredom, right? I, yeah. And then we do the same thing in the Outer Heaven chat. We just we'll each drop in like things we hear on YouTube or Spotify. Just, just yeah. Like, keep each other engaged with something, right? Like, right. You just need something, and then well, you know play a lot of video games. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like it's. I mean, it's fun too to to stop like maybe going through the new stuff for a minute and just listen to some of the stuff that was in the '90s. I mean, that you've never heard. I mean, it's still new to you, you know. So yeah. Instead of like keeping up with what's going on, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Sure. I just definitely took a pretty big break on that. Like I've been on a huge uh, hail of bullets kick lately. Like oh it's yeah, a band I I mean I've listened to in the past, but I, you know I just always listen to Bolt Thrower or whatever something else and right finally i'm like man why I, why don't i listen to this more this is so fucking good yeah man i i haven't thought about that band in like a while are they they're not a band anymore right no like, they did like the three albums and like that was it right right um but the first album man uh winter frost, something. frost and war that one yeah something like that right okay. something cold or whatever but um yeah i mean i've just been i've been playing that one quite a bit i don't know yeah is there any anything anything that's coming out that you're excited about? Well, the one that 
I mean, we've got a promo of it, but it's coming. It's not out yet. Is that well? There's two. I'll say the Ulcerate one. Have you checked that out? I think there's a stream going on. I've listened. I think I listened to the song that premiered it, and I remember it being really good. Yeah, that one blew me away. I was just really taken back by that. I mean, I I, I like their streaming? older stuff, but I can't say I'm like a their hugest fan or anything like that. But right after I heard that newer one, I was like, okay, this is um. Okay, so it's not it's not officially out yet. Just a couple songs have. Yeah, I think they just released a stream, maybe like a YouTube stream of the whole thing. But it's probably coming oh. like Friday or something like that. But okay. Um. So I've been digging that. But the other one that I'm just like really want to hear is that uh, Cryptic Shift. Have you checked that out? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, okay. I'm excited for that one too. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Um. We met we met some of those guys because they have another band called Slime Lord. Okay. And uh, we we played uh we played a couple of shows in England with them when we were on tour, and they were good. Uh, they're really sweet dudes. And okay. Yeah. The the song that they premiered off their record is just excellent. Visitations from Enceladus. Uh, yeah, however you, however sci-fi you say it. sounding, techie, prog, death metal, but like the old school kind, you know, not yeah, not yeah. like the modern, um, overly produced kind of thing. It's it's cool. I don't that's know. The, that's the fear with, I guess, like writing technical death metal now, right? Is how do you how do you like straddle that line? I feel like production plays a big role for sure. Because I find I find a lot of I don't know, like like what do you want to call it, tech death or whatever. It's just um. It's so hollow sounding. Oh, yeah. But it's because it has to be so clean because a lot of those bands are playing so many notes per minute and they want yeah. all of them to cut through, right? Um, yeah. It's like it's like listening to John Coltrane play the saxophone. Right. It's like, man, you're playing a lot, but I know there's a lot of <laughs> conviction behind what you're playing, so it has to be clear. Like, it's yeah. hard to do that if you're trying to have any sort of, not muddled production, but just if you want to have raw production, it might might sound terrible i don't You're know gonna lose some yeah, yeah yeah it's a hard balance man i mean i i can vibe with some of it i mean like i got into that arc spire album like the speed of it and things like that i i, I was into that just because it was so over the top but like yeah anything that's just not doing something 
like you said, it's hard to get the emotion out of it if, if it's with a clean, clean production. Yeah. You know, it's not like, I can't think of a really good tech deck band that uses like an analog that's like a newer band recording. I don't know. I maybe like, I don't want to call them this because like they are as technical as they are, you wouldn't call them a tech death band, but I guess Blood Incantation would be the closest thing we have to that right now, right? Yeah. And that's that's good. It's hard to do that and and achieve it. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this with film. We were talking like Nucleus. They're kind of like a technical yeah. band, you know, that's not with the modern production yep. the other one style. i i like their production but i like someone could be like this is the worst sounding record ever mithras man like oh yeah i love how those records sound and they're fucking crazy but it'd be very easy for someone to hear on strange loops and be like i can't i can't vibe with this yeah whereas yeah. whereas like i might say no i think this record is as perfect as it is i wouldn't change a thing it, it works for it right yeah because yeah. it's everything cuts through but there's the the production lends an atmosphere that that like is in sync with what the record i think the, the songs and lyrics are trying to convey right um, right it all creates one singular experience and that's the i think that's the goal i think when you're trying to make a record yeah <laughs> yeah no i i agree i agree it's hard yeah. to make it's hard to make music it's hard to please people <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I one thing i was surprised when i was when i was going through your playlist was uh like some of the more like like you said the thrashier type of stuff like especially well I mean I I really liked it I'm not the biggest thrash guy um, me neither but I like like bands like Sadus and stuff I've always been into um, yeah like the more like technical thrash stuff but what were you gonna say sorry no yeah well I was I was gonna say like some of the progressive technical kind of stuff it was really cool like I said I'm not the biggest technical guy out there but mm-hmm. like like the the okay the one um, aftermath one. Oh yeah, Eyes of Tomorrow. Eyes of Tomorrow, that was it. Yeah, that, that I was one's just cool. like really blown away by that. It was just a really cool thrash album that I've never heard of. Progressive, but like not like not I don't know, not Opeth, not like Dream Theater, nothing sure, like that. Yeah, just in, for in, in, sure. it was progressive. It's in that it was different, doing different things than like you would normally hear from thrash. Yeah, it's the same with like Ike. Um, another thrash band that's on that list is a band called Oblivion, who are from Quebec, and I don't know I don't think if I got to that one. It's. I think it's. It's terrific. It gets really, oh, wait, really. Wait, good. wait, wait. Yeah, the Canadian one. Okay. Yeah, has a fucking awesome album art too. Um, called From This Day Forward, and yeah. but it came out in let's see, 1990. So I think is thrash is still relevant in 1990. I think right. Death Metal hasn't yeah. taken it over. But again, like Canadian band on a label that might not be like people be paying attention to at the time and then right. if they don't if they don't get together and play fest then that doesn't that doesn't spark renewed interest or new interest in people but yeah that stuff's really good Never 
some of those death metal bands that were like technical death metal bands just sound like th- those thrash bands, but with like more aggressive vocals, right? Right. Like a like a like a band like Atheist, even Atheist is super thrashy, but we call them technical death metal. Yeah, that's a good point. Or technical samba. I don't know which one, uh, depending <laughs> on which record you listen to. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But yeah, I think uh, that stuff definitely kind of renewed like a, an interest in thrash music to me because I, I was never a big thrash fan either. It was a gateway, just like everything. Like one step kind of leads to another as you're um, learning about extreme music at, right. a, at a younger age. But yeah. then it's kind of like, this is cool. And then you hear something more aggressive and heavy and you're like, ah, okay, fuck this. Like I want right. to listen to this stuff. <laughs> and then, but you know, you f- things have a way of coming full circle, I guess, or whatever. Right, but yeah, no, that one, uh, like a band like Sieges Even and like Watchtower. Um, Watchtower is a thrash band that I had never heard till last year, I think. Okay, and yeah, last year, and uh, I remember Max, my bandmate, sent it to me, and he's like, "How do you not like this band?" I'm like, "Well, I've never heard them." He's like, "Guys, like, where do you think like all the riffs from like Human came from?" And then I listened to the record, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really good." Okay, so I, that's one. I, I mean, I saw it on there, but. I think they're pretty. They're like a little more known, maybe. They right? Are. They are. I'm just. I'm just ignorant. It's okay. No, I mean, I. Hey, I'm right there <laughs> with you. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, like that one. Yeah. Uh, dioxin. That was cool. Yeah. That one is fun. good. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's just. Um, it's just. Uh, it's just fun. Even if you like go, if you comb through a bunch of stuff, and you're like, well, you know, some stuff stays obscure for a reason, definitely. Right. And then some of it, it's it's like um, you just like moments of it. But sometimes, like those moments are so good that you you just appreciate the whole record overall. Right. I don't know. It's sort of like there are records, there are records that I think I love, and then when I go through it, and I had this actually I had this experience with a band we're going to talk about in a bit, Drive By Truckers. Yeah. Where I was convinced that I liked a record more than I did, and then when I went through the songs, and I was like, what songs do I I can't like I couldn't live without, and I was like, oh, I only yeah. like four out of twelve. <laughs> like, that's not that good. But those four right. songs are so good that it makes make it I could listen to the whole record because the, right. the space in between those songs is not bad. It's just I just want to get to the next part that I really like. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I was thinking too, as like from for especially for someone like you as like a songwriter, mm-hmm. I would think it would be pretty cool going through a lot of these kind of like demos and more unknown stuff. Even if you're kind of like taking little influences or, or just hearing how bands like pull things together or trying things out, you know what I mean? As like I a songwriter do. to like, you know, learn something from or, or whatever. I don't know. I think uh, I think one thing I, I that was really that's really struck me on the head in the past bit. And I think joining Outer Heaven kind of helped this is um I like it'd be great to write songs and never go over the five minute mark like anymore, yeah. um, which is funny because like Manor and Planetary, like pr- Primordial Malignity, those songs are pretty short, like mm-hmm. three to f- two and a half to four minutes somewhere in there. Unless we like tag a sample at the end of a song and that yeah. you can't can't use that as like a as a as a thing. But yeah, like uh, if I look at the average runtime of a song off, I don't know, let's say Human by Death, because it's one of my favorite records ever. Yeah. There's no song over five minutes on that record. That's a good point. Maybe like, and I, I think it's just, what if you just, instead of trying to create six and a half to seven minutes worth of something, what if you just pack it into four somehow? Yeah. Um, trim it all down, be, trim the fat. Right? Like, so, and because Outer Heavens songs are shorter than two molds, but it's like, uh, 
it was like it's kind of fun i'm like oh, maybe i don't need to write that and it's like it's the same thing with like well what if you wanted to start a doom band but you didn't want to write 12 to 15 minute songs it's like okay don't like paradise lost didn't and they're a doom band that's right? true um do you like paradise lost oh yeah i mean that's that was one that i always liked and i think that's why it's so digestible it's do you ever do you have a favorite out. record by them oh not really um what's the Kind of like when they, not the first one or two, but kind of like when they were starting to change a little bit. Okay, I yeah. kind of dig that era. Yeah, um, like like Icon or... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like a lot of their records. I, I don't know if this is unpopular, but I think Draconian Times might be my favorite. Oh, it's really, yeah, I love it. It's really good. Um, it's funny, I listened to when I, before the stuff was happening, because I moved, I moved back to the town I grew up in. Um because I didn't want to pay rent in Toronto while I was waiting to potentially move to America. Yeah. And it was nice because it was like, well, this will give me a chance to connect with with my with my parents again and like see them a lot before I push off. But <clears throat> when my dad and I would get together, we would listen to stuff in his car. And he's not he's not a metal fan per se, but I can show him a record like Trace and Air by Cynic and he's like, Oh, this is this is awesome. And then some <laughs> cool. Doom stuff, because there's some there's like a like a more melody that he can kind of latch onto. I think one time we were listening to Draconian Times in the car, and I think I made the comment. I was like, "This just sounds like." I was like, "I really like this," but like, let's let's be real. This also kind of sounds like if the Offspring were darker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which will give you one of two reactions: one person being like saying "ew, gross," or someone else being like, "Well, I love Smash," and it's like, right. well, then, "Well, then we're good." Like, <laughs> man, I had Smash and Americana back in the day. Who didn't? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I can't can't deny that stuff. Um, but yeah, like the, like those those bands didn't write long songs, maybe like no. six minutes or something. But like, there's no song on Lost Paradise that's gonna be super long, and they're all pretty engaging tracks. Um, right. Maybe, and I don't know, like it just do we do we associate something though with bands that write like longer songs? Like, is it do we think that it's better? Like, do we more think, artistic? Yeah, and I'm not, but like I don't that. also don't want to say that and take away from bands that write long songs. If you can write 15 minutes of music in one shot, that's crazy. That's yeah. sick. I just I don't think I want to do it or can. Well, like, what about? I mean, what do you think of like between the buried me like colors album? You know, it's like technically it's one song. I mean, it's broken up, but like I guess personally, I, I feel is, like it's is justified. It, is it supposed to be one song? Is that a thing? That's the idea. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. I mean, obviously you can you can separate it out, but it's supposed to be like one seventy-minute song or whatever. You know? I've. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would like. Where do people stand on that band? I mean, I, I've always liked them. You know, I liked them before that, and that album kind of blew me away. I. Like overall, People like overall, like, like Tomb Old, like I don't, I, I'm sure we'll get roasted for this, but like at least 75% of Tomb Old is like pro colors <laughs> and pro right. Alaska and, and maybe even going further into their discography. I feel like that's the, the majority of people. And then you, I mean, I'm someone like me who will check out every album they put out. But then when I go back to listen to them, it's going to be exactly like Colors and Alaska yeah. and, and, you know, I think something here or there. I think the thing with Colors is, and I've... I made this I made this case to someone and then they said, but if you take that away, it's not the same record. I was like, if you take away all the breakdowns of that album, if they put out that album, but they didn't have any of those like, you know, those those kind of breakdowns. Yeah, it'd be considered a an achievement in technical death metal. Right. For sure. Yeah. But because they have those, it's not considered a, a death metal record, I think. 
Um, yeah, but there's, man, there's there's some there's some parts on that record. Oh yeah, well, and I mean, there's, there's, you said there's a re- or not like you said, but like the same point. There's a reason they went and toured with like Opeth. You know, I mean, they fit with it for sure, even if they're not in the same genre. Yeah, um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like the what's that song off Colors? Um, I have to look it up now. Uh, Informal Gluttony, like mm-hmm. that song's amazing. Um, yeah. And like that, that song, like. In 2007, like using more like like there's like like the the first section of that record just like sounds like it could have been from a Nile song like right like the like the kind of like cascading like um pseudo Egyptian passage, but and then and then it's met with like some real furious sounding stuff and then a breakdown. I think the breakdown is what takes people out of it. Yeah, which I like, hear you. I get like at that uh, some of it doesn't age great, but. Yeah, there's songs on that record that are like 13 minutes long. Right, exactly. And yeah. I mean, so I guess my point is like, if I, I can't really imagine them writing, well, fuck, I mean, Alaska had the shorter song, so I guess I can imagine it. But like, I wouldn't want to see that that album, Colors, brought down in song lengths and things like that. Sure. So I feel yeah. like if you can make it um, make it so that it it's deserved. Like if the length can be deserved, I just feel like more people might need like an editor to say like, that's not, you don't need to go that long. Like you already yeah. said what you need to say. Maybe if you, if you could go through the record and trim out, like, let's just say you trimmed out the breakdowns, right? And then you right. gave it a different album cover. So it looked more like a death metal record. <laughs> and yeah. then you gave it to someone and you didn't tell them it was between the buried and me. I used to play this joke with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, a, with an ex-girlfriend who's now like a really good friend of mine, uh, way back in the day where, like this is like 2010, uh, we would be having a conversation and I would put a joke in there and, and make sure that she laughed at it. And then after I would tell her, you just laughed at a Dane Cook joke and <laughs> it, would, it would piss her off greatly, right? Because right. you don't want to give credit to something that sucks, even though sometimes they might have a funny joke or like For whatever, sure. right? If you, if you take, if you like, if you rebranded colors and gave it to average death metal fan who liked some more technical stuff, they might be like, this is mind-blowingly good. And you're like, I yeah, know. between the buried and me. And then they'd be like, no, it's not. I don't like it. Now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, sure. I, I, I don't love gotcha culture, but it's like, I mean, I'm, no one's being put at harm over that. No, I think, I mean, that's like the perfect way to do it because people just get that idea in their head that you shouldn't like something. And that's why, like, you know, like, I don't know if you read Decibel magazine, but they do that column in there where they'll send a certain amount of songs to someone. They don't tell them what it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then they have to like write just like a mini little small review of it or whatever. Like yeah. it'll be like an artist, you yeah. know, like if they picked you, they would send you like 10 songs and right. stuff that yeah, just yeah. came out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you would just be like, is it good or not? Which I like that because sometimes you'll see someone like be like, this is good. And it's like a band that maybe they shouldn't like. Yeah. Technically speaking, you know, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not genre specific. Like I'll listen to whatever you throw my way. I don't really care. Yeah. I feel like the people who write the best music are people who are not genre specific. For sure. Or else like you're just drawing from the same well over and over and over again. Like how do you, how do you expect to like expand as like a, as a songwriter or whatever your craft is, if you're not exploring other possible avenues within it? Yeah, I agree. It's like all the best early stuff of the nineties or whatever. I mean, it's all bands that, you know, they weren't ripping each other off. Yeah. They probably, you know, were listening to stuff that wasn't death metal or, you oh, know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it resulted in, in instead of like now, where it's like if you have a guy who's I only listen to death metal, I'm writing death metal. It's gonna sound like a bunch of other death metal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but and then maybe that's if that's your goal. Like, if you're starting a band and you're like, I only want to sound like obituary, then like you're just gonna listen to obituary right. and and then do that. 
But then people will see through that, won't they? I think. I, I think. I mean, it might be something that's cool for a second, but it's not a band that's going to last. Like yeah. to me. Well, it was sort of like you know when you talked to Phil recently. Like Phil, I mean Phil. It's Phil's cool because he within metal he plays like the amount of genres he'll play in is like it's it's pretty it's pretty vast, yeah. right? So he's got his he's got his death metal band. He's got he's got like the more tech death stuff. He's got like the speed metal stuff and then he's got his doom band as well uh at tremendous yeah. i think is how you say it which is going to come out on, on 20 bs and but if if someone is like what does cathela sound like you'd be like oh it's like a demolic worship band and that's sure on the surface it might be like that but then when you start to dig into it there's way more to exactly. it like you know demolic didn't have solos like exactly. that like but like how many bands now can have solos like that that guy's so fucking good it's crazy <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anyone so good at guitar yet so like like friendly and humble. Yeah. Which was like very refreshing. I like agree. talk about a guy with like no ego. Like he's he's awesome. I totally agree. He's such a such a rad dude. Um yeah. he's got good energy. Yeah. We talked about the same thing. I was like, what do you think about because I mean you'll see that. I see that online all the time, like the next best thing to demolish or whatever. And it's like, man, there's there's a lot going on there. And and yeah, he he went into some of that a little bit, but Yeah. Well you it's just like you know, it, you kind of once someone attributes something to you, it's 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 hard to break out of right. it. Right, and that's okay. It's like it's like when when people like use descriptors like filthy or dirty with like a band like Tumult. Like I get I get why, mm-hmm. but like I don't think of the band like right. that. You know what I mean? Right. But someone else will, and that's fine. It's like ah, whatever. I can't I can't change your mind. I don't really want to either. Yeah. Um, it's it is like. I mean, uh, music's for the people or something like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Like the moment, like music's funny, right? I don't mean to keep rambling, but when you write something, like like music in its purest form is before anybody, like something you write in its purest form is before anybody hears yeah. it, right? Like, Just, so yeah. I'll write a song and I will visualize it in my head. Like I can, I can write stuff and I can close my eyes and I can think about, like if it's for two mold, what what I think Max is going to play over it and where I think like, uh, like Payson should have a lead and where I should have a lead. And should we do something one, like one after another and, and all this stuff and you, and you love it. And it's because it's, it's yours. It's only yours at yeah. that moment. No one else has heard it. No one else has played it. No one else has touched it. It's yours. And then the moment you show it to your bandmates, now it's, it's yours. Like it's, it's all of yours. It's the, it's all four members or whoever's in your band. Right. Yeah. And then you go and you record it and then you bring somebody else into it and then you bring somebody else to mix and master it. And then it's, it's more people's and then you put it out in the world. It's not yours anymore. It's, it's theirs. That is interesting um, to think about. And you have to be comfortable with that though. Like that's like when you put something out into the world, like you, you are basically, you can't claim ownership over it anymore. Right. right? And that's fine. Um, because for me, I have the memory of writing it, if that makes sense. Like I have the memory of watching it turn into what it is. I don't need it anymore. Like I can move on to something else and other people can claim it as theirs and that's fine. It's, it's the, it's the journey that I, I respect more yeah. than trying to have ownership over the end product, I guess. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. I've never, honestly, I've never really thought about it that way, but it's true. It's like you can't, and it's out there and you've got people that are going to label it as whatever and take it yeah, for what and, and it is. People are, people some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's just sort of anything associated with, I think you just kind of have to let go a little bit. Like you can't worry about it. Like you can't worry about 
what people might think of it. Um, you can't think about, oh, are people going to buy this just to flip it? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you put out a demo tape or stuff, like we've all we've all experienced that. When you put out show only stuff, it kind of comes with the territory, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's like, I'm sure there's different schools of thought. I'm actually not. I don't have a big problem with people who flip records or shirts or tapes. Yeah. It it's like it's like scalping. Like it's a risk reward <laughs> business, right? Like if you are someone that buys tickets to shows, like like big shows, like Elton John or something, and then with the intention of flipping it, that's that's your thing, whatever. But then imagine if you're a scalper and then coronavirus happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point, man. <laughs> you, like how fucked are you? Yeah. Uh, and and like luckily, like like, but if you are like someone who's like, I'm gonna like get on the pre-order of all these things and get the crazy variants. But then Corona hap- coronavirus happens. People, I don't think people are going to be buying records the same way right yeah. now, right? Because like that's a good point. Which, um, I was I was going somewhere with this. Oh yeah, like if someone, like I had someone when we put out, when we put out um, Planetary, we, we went on tour and we put out like a we we had a tour exclusive copy of the record. It was its own color and we had an extra kind of booklet that went okay. with it. That was like a risograph printed, almost like booklet, like the old Bolt Bolt Thrower records came to. It had a bunch of illustrations oh, and then okay. the lyrics with like each each drawing. Lucas, who designed, has designed a lot of stuff for us. Um, designed all the photos on that, and we've used them on a lot of merch, and it was awesome. I mean, I, people bought that and were putting it up for on Discogs for like a hundred, hundred and twenty bucks. Wow. And then I had a I had a kid from Spain uh, reach out, and he, he said um, he's like. I'm not, I, I know I'm not going to ask you to hold a record, but if you have any cop, extra copies of the booklet, I would buy one. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, we, we do. We have, we have some. And I think, I think I just tried to charge shipping. Yeah. So I didn't want, I'm not going to gouge the person for a booklet, but like also to ship a booklet and make sure that it doesn't get damaged to Spain is like tricky, right? Yeah. But if you're someone who's such a fan of something and you're just like, I really want this, um, and someone's going to charge you a hundred bucks for it. It's still cheaper than trying to catch a flight from Spain to go to a show in Chicago or Detroit and hope that you get a book. No, I think like, it's cool. Can't afford that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of fine with it on that front, but then also like, I understand like if you're a band and you're watching other people profit yeah. off your stuff, like you get, you get pissed. A bummer. I think that's why I try to think of it. And like, I try to put in a larger context of, uh, it doesn't belong to me. Sure. Therefore, it's, it, people have free reign. Oh, I think that's cool. I, I guess I, I try. <laughs> I try. To. If it's just like it's like a form of optimism for me. I right. guess. Well, especially I feel like you'd have to. Like I, I know I've. I'm sure you've read bullshit like this where, and it's those same people that are you know hating on between the beard because they think they shouldn't like it or whatever. But when they say like I don't get the hype for Tomb Old like and they like every other band that's maybe in the same vein or something like that and. uh yeah. And they're just oh, like, yeah, Fuck that like, band. why does everybody, what, what's the deal? It's just like, well, because people are talking about it and they, you know, and they, they have yeah. to be on the underground side of that. Well, like criticism scales as you grow in size, right? Right. right. So it's, it's sort of like the amount of people who maybe hate us now, it's like the same, it's the same ratio as when Manor came uh-huh. out, except just more people responded to Planetary than yes. Manor. And, and when I say more people, I mean, this happens with certain bands. I think it happens with it happens with Blood Incantation as well, and it happens yep. with us, where it's people who don't who aren't like super immersed with the genre, 
but because those records and I'm what I'm about to say sounds like I'm being shitty and I'm not but like transcend the genre in mm-hmm. a way where I mean like not because it's so fucking incredible I just mean like because it gets press like Pitchfork reviewed our record exactly. and they reviewed the Blood Incantation record and a couple other death metal records but they don't review many right exactly but if someone who reads Pitchfork who doesn't listen to metal now but sees Oh, this band sounds like bands I used to really like. Oh, I'll check it out. So we get a lot of yeah. I don't listen. I don't pay attention to death metal, but like I thought your record and this one and this yep. one were all really good. And it's like oh, that's cool. But that also pisses other people off, right? For sure. Um, just- if you have if you have cross appeal, and I can't I can't help that. And I'm like if you don't like, if you if you don't like my band, that is fine. I really don't care. <laughs> exactly. I, I laugh at I, it you're going to be okay and I'm going to be okay. Right. And I'm, I'm glad that they're going to be okay. And I'm glad I'm going to be okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, you'll see like, Oh, this band is just like, like uh, it's just like, you just a front to sell merch. And it's like, yes, we are a business. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to be in debt. Right. Um, like we, like that's the thing that's funny is um, like, I'm glad like we, when we go on tour, we're able to turn a little bit of profit, but it's basically just, like we don't have we're not a band that has any sort of we don't get anything like for free yeah like you know like i bought a guitar but i only bought it because i made enough money from tour to buy a new guitar or it's like you know you upgrade like your your pedal board or something yeah. and it's like because it's like well we're we're going out and playing a lot of shows and we want to keep providing a better like we want to have better gear we want to have like sound better live and all this stuff but it's just like yeah okay i'm gonna put myself in a debt like i can remember like going to the going to like the music shop before we left for europe and buying like maybe 10 or 12 sets of strings <laughs> think because like you know change strings yeah. after every two shows and it's just like that's a couple hundred bucks right, right there right and it's like okay and then you gotta buy i gotta buy a pedal board and a power supply and this and that and then you're looking like 500 600 bucks later and like that money doesn't grow on trees and it's not like we're not doing well because of our band sure. you know what i mean like i was happy to clear some credit card debt after right. tour that I put myself into for tour. You know sure. what I mean? Like it, and so after a certain point, it's, it's just like you're breaking even. And if you're, and like, I'm not, but I'm also not going to shake my nose at people who have endorsements or anything like that. Like, good for you. Yeah. I just, I'm not, we don't have them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't, I don't know. I feel, feel kind of weird about that stuff, but that's just yeah, me. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, you can't, you can't please everyone. And if, if you take it personally that people don't like your band, then like, I don't know, man. Then get out of it. Yeah, it's gonna be a long road if you do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like if your feeling if your feelings get hurt easy, then yeah. Right. All right. Listen, I want to do a few. You 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 offered it up to ask to have the listeners ask a few questions. Oh, totally. Threw out a few. I don't have a ton of them, but a few that will we could hit on just real quick, and then we'll jump into our topic that no one's gonna care about. (laughs) Yeah. This is I like. Uh, we'll get into that after. Yeah. Let's just do the questions okay. first. All right. So I don't know if there's even a possibility for this right now for you because since you are like locked down, but like obviously uh-huh. some bands are finding a way to do like the streaming of like a live show. Oh, And yeah. my buddy on the podcast, Stanley, he, he was like, he made a joke the other day that he would, it would just be cool if more bands were able to do it. And he's like, especially like a band like Tumul, like I want to see him just like in a dirty like basement, like, playing like a live stream or whatever so he was like do you have any plans to do any kind of quarantine live stream and if so would it be oh, this man. filthy um, basement cellar if we were going to do a quarantine live stream it would be in max's basement because that's where his drum set okay. is um i don't think that's gonna happen yeah man i haven't seen those guys since december like 
like it and not for any reason just like we all have lives like we're all busy i don't live in toronto anymore um so it's 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 funny like yeah uh i don't know when i'm gonna see those guys again it's uh it's like this whole thing is kind of just put a damper on stuff. I did see something cool. This is like, I don't think, I th- and when I say this is cool, maybe the majority of your listeners will think I'm an, a loser for thinking this is cool. But um, I saw that on the game Minecraft. I watched it on Twitch. They did like a concert where it was uh, American football and Anamanaguchi, hmm. um, like kind of playing like DJ. Okay. But they like, people could like, I think join the server and just like hang out in it, but they weren't playing a live show. It was more so just like oh. playing DJ of their songs. I think Anamani Gucci did like a remix of an American football song. It was really cool. Okay. Like, it was just like a good idea. Something um, different. I would, I would be more like, I would wish everybody in Tumult had a PC so I could get them all to like play Sea of Thieves or some sort of like online multiplayer okay. game. And then like, I would stream that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be, that'd be fun. It's been fun to see, people stream like it and like some bands have definitely done some streams i think like run the jewels did a did a twitch stream so that was pretty cool and funny um but yeah sad to say no plans for that i kind of figured but (laughs) (laughs) but the enslaved one was pretty fucking cool i watched that one live and that was oh i didn't see that was it good or was it like like a in a empty venue or just like in a practice space it was a practice space but they used like all their lighting and so it looked like it was live it was a part of some weird online streaming festival that was put um, on somewhere i don't know i think they were the only metal band it was really weird but honestly it was fucking cool um who i i did i think it was code orange played a show in an empty venue yeah, right like the first yeah the first did one pe- did people like that yeah do people do pe- people people like code orange yeah, right yeah people were into it i mean I, I feel like i feel like the amount of people who like that band also like have there's also people who have like serious issues with that oh, band. For sure yeah yeah I, i'm a fan i like it and I, I watched a little bit just to see what it was all about the stream and it was cool it didn't have as much of a professional mix as like the enslaved one which is a little bit of a you know barrier or whatever oh, but I, it was still cool yeah still really cool yeah, see, I feel like if like if Tumul did it, and we, I would almost like want to make it just as like shitty as possible. Yeah, yeah, you could go that route. <laughs> yeah, I I think that'd be sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I think it's sweet the way people are trying to provide. So the content like that is nice because it's like it's for. I mean, aside from the fact that you have to pay for internet, like it's it's free. Yeah. Like you're not looking for money. If someone was trying to do a paywall on that stuff, I'd be like, that's shitty. Yeah, there was one. Um... We were just like kind of talking about this. It was that I think it's Insomnium and Omnium Gatherum. They did like a. It was like who's that? They're both like melodic death metal. Um, the cleaner, okay. cleaner kind of melodic. Death, Finland, I think, is Insomnium, and um, my my other co-host is like a big fan. So we were talking about that, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, man. Fifteen bucks, like I can go to a show for fifteen bucks, you know. But yeah, I don't know, hey, I mean, if they were they had a tour set up, they want to make some money. I guess, hey you know yeah i guess that's fair um it's sort of like the like uh making merch right now right yeah like i was i think it's fine i definitely had like a i had like an ethical crisis about the idea of of it but yeah i mean uh if i kind of forget too that like a a lot of people are still working a lot of people are working from home right right so it's not like you're like trying to ask 100% of your fan base hey use your unemployment to buy a shirt for us you know what i mean those who can do it yeah yeah and then everyone benefits from it like and by that i mean the people who make the shirt and ship the shirt if it's not you yeah. like they you're keeping you're giving them some business Good point. and if you feel weird about it then like if you get a proceed or like a cut from it then like donate it to 
any sort of food bank or anything that's trying to help out during this. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, so you can you can play your part and feel good about it. Right. You can go to bed at night thinking that you did a good job. Right. <laughs> I agree. Um, any other questions? How about this? Okay. Fa- do you have a favorite hardcore album? Like ever? Ish, maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh shit! I'm on the spot now. I gotta <laughs> or think maybe about like. It. A couple favorites, whatever. I know that's like well, so hard. You know hard. what's funny? It's funny. I, I don't know if I have it anymore, but um, I haven't been using social media. I deactivated uh, most of my stuff yeah. before the lockdown happened, um, partially because of coronavirus and partially just because I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. I just needed a break from looking at things. But a, f- a friend of mine sent like a like kind of like a March Madness style bracket, but of only New York hardcore bands, okay. and I I filled it out like I drew it out with like a Sharpie and I filled it out and I sent him a photo. But even that in itself was tough. Cause I was like, there's bands on here that I really like that wouldn't even make it to the final four because of just the way it's shaped out. That's the, that's the beauty of brackets, yeah, right? Yeah. That like there has to be upsets. Um, that's why people love March Madness. Right. But for me, the hardcore that I grew up listening to before I got into like grindier stuff was a lot of that late 80s New York hardcore bands like Leeway and like Outburst mm. um, and like a lot of the youth crew stuff because I was straight edge for 10 years. And so like Youth of Today or yeah. um, Turning Point, stuff like that. So but funny enough, I've been listening to Desperate Measures by Leeway a lot okay. um, during quarantine. And I forgot one, how good that record is Two, uh, I've, I think Eddie, the singer of that band, is fucking had such a cool presence that I have watched try to be replicated, but never achieved. Right. So that one for sure. Um, I guess like coming through the 2000, like early 2000s, like to late 2000s, a lot of that, a lot of those like Boston hardcore bands, like Mental, The Wrong Side, Think I Care, mm-hmm. uh, Mind Eraser, a lot of that stuff I, I really, really okay. liked. Because um, like I guess like hardcore can be so many different things, but a, a lot of the metallic heavier hardcore, I actually wasn't a super big fan of. Yeah, It was too tough for me right. and I was a wimp. So the the more because positive like youth crew For stuff sure. I, I really I really resonated with. And then I liked, you know, like bands like I guess like Antidote and like some of that earlier eighties like hardcore. I did I do like some of it. I just don't love mm-hmm. it. Like I, I loved a band like like the the Necros, um, who I think are from Michigan, if I remember okay. correctly. Um and like negative effects, uh last rites stuff like that that early 80s like boston stuff yeah. ssd uh the dc stuff like all that stuff's cool i just don't listen to it much anymore sure but yeah uh did like but I, that's the like, is that those are hardcore bands right oh, like I, for am sure I, am i on the right path I, i'd say that's perfect yeah exactly <laughs> okay all right um but, yeah i don't i don't know what my favorite would be that's tough <laughs> it's man. too hard you can't uh, do that <laughs> The thing is, is that we're going to hang up and then I'm, I'm going to know what it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, eh, whatever. It's, yeah. I mean, it's Yeah. That kind of shit changes every week for me. So it's, it is what it is. But yeah. Um, all right. Last one of these we'll do then. Uh, this one is a lot of questions kind of about like outer heaven. So okay, yeah, that's I'm happy. Yeah. That. Like, I mean, and that was something I was going to ask you about anyways, because I was just like curious, like one, how did it get going Two, yeah. you know, are you getting involved with the writing at all? You know, uh, sure. Um, kinda, yeah. So we've known those guys for a while because I, I remember meeting Austin, the singer at our first show in Philly. That was before Manor came out and stuff like that. And he was, he was super nice. And we just talked about 
uh, bands and like labels and stuff like that. Because there was talk about them potentially doing some shows with us on that mm. first tour. It just didn't work out. And then they they signed with Relapse, and we played with them again. Uh, or no, we played with them. This is the first time we played with them. Would have been when we were on tour with A Feather and Bone. Yeah. So we just kind of kept seeing them at shows. Um, and then when we would play shows, even if they weren't playing, they a couple of them might roll out to it. Yeah. Um, and they're all they're all great dudes. Um, I know. I talked to Austin for an interview, and when they came to Detroit, and I, I got a beer at a bar like right after that, waiting for the show to come on. I was like talking to someone in there because he had an artificial brain shirt on. So I was oh, just yeah. like, oh, cool shirt, blah, blah, blah. We were talking. Then halfway through, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the gar- guitarist in Our Heaven. And oh, <laughs> I was like, so I. Is that John or Zach? Um, not Zach, Sean. Uh, oh, John. John. John yeah. It, well, I know it wasn't yeah, Zach. Yeah. It was a dude with like shorter hair. Yeah, John. And, John. Yeah. But yeah, really, I was just like, what a fucking cool guy. We talked for like 30, 40 minutes. And yeah. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, all, they seemed really cool. Fucking, they're all fucking sweet. And then um, I, had, I had been talking to. Zach and John about about the possibility of filling in on bass for them because um, their bass player left, and I was like, you know, like I know it's I know it seems weird because I live in Toronto, but like I my plan is to move to Philadelphia mm. once I get my fiance visa. It's not far from where you guys live, and uh, like I'm capable of of, of playing. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, sure. And then I learned the record and they sent me the set they wanted to play in Feb for that. We played a show at St. Vitus in February and uh, I went down early, jammed with them a couple times. It was super chill. We all gelled pretty well and their songs are fun to play. Yeah. And I haven't, I've never really, I've actually never played bass in a band. So I had to like, I had to like build a rig from scratch okay. pretty much, which was fun. Uh, I really like what I, what I use. And then the show went great. And then, yeah, we've talked about we've talked about writing. I I gave them a song, but I'm kind of in a way where it's like you can take it or leave it. It's no big deal. Right. Just kind of like I'm happy to contribute to the process, but I also don't want to step on toes or whatever. Well, yeah, like I'm. You could be like contribute nothing, and I'd be like happy. Sure. And if you'd be like write us a song, I'd be like yeah, sure. Yeah. And right now everything's on hold, so because uh, they're not they're not practicing right now during this. Okay. So so they probably write like together and stuff then. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. Or they like, they like, they piece it together a lot mm. at practices. Yeah. I think that's the difference between two mold and outer heaven is that when two, two mold gets together, the songs are pretty much in their full form. Yeah. And then we kind of just work out what Max is going to play and who's going to play what. And theirs is a more, it uh, seems like more of a collaborative effort or they'll be like, they might have like a section of a song and then write something else and then maybe realize, oh, we can put those two together or something like yeah, that. Right. Okay. Or maybe someone, maybe someone might say, can we have a riff like this? Like write a, write a gateways riff for this thing. Mm-hmm. And then Zach would be like, okay. And then he does it. And, uh, yeah, uh, playing with them is, is fun. Uh, they're all great at what they do. Um, I've seen them live once and it was fucking, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. The show at Vitus was really good. I'm glad I got recorded and, and filmed. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But the, it was, it was a bummer. I was really looking forward to like, the stuff we had planned and then it all obviously yeah. got thrown out, thrown out the window but i'm excited for for them to put out another record for sure like i'm excited obviously to be a part of it but like with what they're writing the new stuff that they showed me i'm just like man this is this is going to be really good awesome i can't yeah, wait like, yeah i love that last one yeah me too and yeah just like they're just like when when 
things go in the right direction. Like when things trend in the right direction, when you hear stuff, it's just like, it, it's like, it's like relief, right? Yeah. Like, like, okay, cool. <laughs> like you're going to keep going and it's going to be better with each step. Right. So I'm just happy to help any way I can. That's awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I think that, I guess there's nothing else to say about that. Yeah. No, that covers just, it. Like, you should listen to them. They're a good band. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. We've went on about them a, a ton, so... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right. So this I'm going to blame you for this idea because I'm sure <laughs> half the listeners will tune out, but I'm not mad at it because fucking, this is ah. this is one of the only times in the last uh, like 12 years of my life that I get to talk about this band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, the same for me because I actually don't know anybody that likes we're talking about the drive by truckers. Me neither. Like I've I've recommended them to a couple people and I think two people have responded positively to it and i think the others just ignored me <laughs> yeah exactly i mean like my wife she likes them a little i got my brother-in-law into them we went to a show together but like it was like a casual nice. like you know and that was it so i've never i've pushed it a, a bunch but like when did when did you get into them um whew, it was i would say it was probably around the era of like the dirty south uh-huh. something like that because i remember i found the album Southern Rock Opera first. I was just getting into, I never liked country, Southern Rock, anything like that. Um, yeah. And I found Skinnerd and I found that album like in like the, the same time frame. So this was like a long time. It was probably like middle school okay. or high school, like probably like 2000, and oh. 2000, early 2000, something like that. How old are you? I'm 32 right now. Okay, so you're born in 87? Oh, 88. Yeah. So same here. Yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah, so yes, okay. I don't know. It's a hard one to say, but it was like sometime in like <clears throat> mid... Or, University for me is when I when I heard them. Okay, okay. Yeah. What album was the first one for you? Decoration Day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, at that point, I had one friend who liked some... We liked some alt country, like kind of like Uncle Tupelo mm-hmm. and Whiskey Town, Ryan Adams before... I mean, this is obviously predating before all that shit about Ryan Adams came out. Right, right. So this is like, yeah, going way back... Um, and and what, there was another really big country kind of like alt country band at that time. And by big, I mean like amongst like punks I knew who liked some of that stuff. Uh, Lucero. Oh, they actually, yeah, I was gonna say that's actually probably like maybe my favorite band. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge. Oh wow, there you die go. Diehard on that um, one too. Yeah, like when, when I think about bands where it's just like if someone's like, "What are your favorite bands?" Like, and I have to think about, well, what are all the genres that I like, and then what's the band that kind of rises above? Yeah everybody else in those respective genres, right? And for me, like, drive-by truckers were always a band that no matter what phase I was going through, I always listened to them. Yeah. So Decoration Day was the first one I heard, and my, my friend was just like, it's a little more, like, rocking, rock-ish, because they have, like, three guitar players. He's like, but the lyrics are great. Um, it's it's pretty harsh. Like, it's not, it's not fun. Right. And that, like, Decoration Day is my favorite record by them. Do you think you could sell it to any, like, metal fans that are listening i just feel like if you've ever gone through anything in your life that made you feel bad then like <laughs> you should just listen to this record <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how do you how do you get through songs like like you know even like sinkhole or my sweet annette sounds better in the song like something's got to give like all those songs are just like like they're a bummer man yeah, they're pissed yeah and the thing the thing about them that was so good is like they they don't they don't really like they're from the south, but they don't glorify it right. in any way. They kind of more just state everything as matter of fact, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Dirty South, obviously, like they have those three songs about Sheriff Buford, mm-hmm. right? And which is like they're those are good songs, but 
yeah, and like I think I think it was just their their content really resonated with me. I really like their album art too. I don't know if that's like if that's something that people would look at and be like, ah, oh, it looks shitty. Maybe that's a problem too with like some of their later records. They just don't look. They don't look like their old records. Dude, I have the same thing because I I I want all those <laughs> early album covers on my wall, but now they're like doing just like the regular photos, and it's just not the same. Yeah. Well, and I when you think about it, like how many original members are left in that band? Two. Mm, yeah. Like that's why when we talked about it, like I think Southern Rock Opera to Go Go Boots, I think is like a pretty perfect arc of records. Agreed. Like, that's a that's a that's a that's a crazy run. That's like seven albums, and two of them are well like our double lps mm-hmm. in the sense that they're like actually 70 minutes long right. or whatever and uh i've seen them only once i saw them in 2010 when they put out big to do so they i got to see them in a venue that wasn't too too big okay. which i was happy about and they were terrific but that's funny because i saw them on that they toured that album and they came here and i I, th- I don't think I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure it was with Tom Petty. Really? I'm pretty sure it was like a big ass, you know, oh. amphitheater. And they opened, I'm, I'm like 99% sure they opened for Tom Petty. I mean, you know, Damn. they only got to play probably five songs or something like that. And then I saw oh. them a little after that, you know, and it was different because they played some other newer stuff. But, well, you know. I Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, that was about it. But yeah, I did see them on that tour too. Because I remember we, I remember my, my pal and I went and saw them at a venue in Toronto called Lee's Palace, which is... I don't know what the capacity of Lee's would be. Um, let me just check. This should take me all of five seconds. It's a 500 cap venue. Okay. And then the next time they came through, like literally a few months later, was with like an, a, a supporting act. And it was like a thousand okay. people venues yeah. at that point. So we were kind of like, oh, glad we saw them when we did. Because even in this venue can hold 550, it doesn't feel like it can right. hold 550. It's like, a, it's nice. But um, yeah, they just I just found that their music always resonated with me. It's always the music I want to hear in a bar that I never hear, which <laughs> makes me like hate going to bars. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just so good. And if you're someone that likes any shred of country music or any shred of Southern rock music, like, how are you not listening to this exactly. band? Yeah. I mean, and, and for metal fans, I think, like you said, if you like any of that stuff, but like you vibe with the darker elements of metal or whatever, I mean, they have that dark layer to at least oh. a lot of their albums and songs that like really just sets them apart from anything else that I've ever heard in like yeah whatever Dirty South is a pretty dark sounding record yeah like it what I like about that record even though it's it, not my favorite is like it looks like it sounds for sure but yeah like songs like For the Devil Don't Stay um, Lookout Mountain yeah. like songs like that are like those aren't like those aren't country or southern rock songs like you would think no um, they have they have more going on and they're their sound is quite layered, especially because they had three guitar players. I don't know if they still do, but um, no, I don't think so. They got some dude doing like keyboards. Yeah, yeah. How many? Okay, here's a question: How many people do you think listen to Jason Isbell solo records or like with his band, but don't listen to Drive yeah, By Truckers? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think probably way more, right? Because it's a little more accessible. Yeah. And I think he, had he still plays. Out. I think he still plays some songs, or he used to at least. Yeah, I saw him come through. Um, shit, when I think right after Southeastern came out, and I think he played at least like decoration day or something like you know yeah i remember what record would he have put out around the early 2000s uh what the hell is this record called here we here we rest a 2011 yeah i forget the names of those earlier ones he came to toronto during that and i didn't go because i thought i I didn't care yeah and then i saw someone at, at work like a customer who did go and i was like how was it they're like it was it was really really good like his 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 solo stuff is actually quite quite good yeah 
And I was like, did you play any drive-by trucker songs? And the person was like, yeah, he played Outfit, and I cried. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sick. Like, that's perfect. Like, what, what more could you ask right, for? Right, exactly. Yeah, dude. I mean, so are you a fan of, like, some of his newer stuff or no? From what I've listened to, but, like, admittedly, I need to go through okay. it more. I'm a big fan of that, too. Uh, yeah, because he world, but. definitely added a, a layer to their records that it was sort of this thing where it, it's mostly just Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley, right? Yeah. Just trading off. Like, I feel like their records are almost like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn between those two. But right. then every so often you get thrown like a Jason Isbell song and it's just like a very like a very clean, much prettier voice. It's a good than, balance. Yeah. And his songs, like his lyrical approach is a lot different than theirs. Like it was just like, it was always such a nice like breath of fresh air or a palate cleanser. And that's not to take away from the other two guys. It was just like, no. yeah, it added, it added this like really crucial air. Maybe that's why as they've gotten further and further and, and some of those people leave the band, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing that's missing. I, yeah. I totally can feel that. I mean, even like when he left and they had Shauna Tucker doing like the female vocals, mm-hmm. like it's, it's exactly that you don't want her to do the whole album, but did he leave because of her? Yeah. It was something like that. Like he was a drunk right? and they were divorced then or they were divorced. Yeah. yeah. It was like a bunch of stuff she, like that. She's not in the band either now. No, 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 she quit. I don't know why. Like I, I don't know. I, yeah. She left after go, go boots. And so, yeah, it's definitely a different yeah. kind of style. Which I now. thought, which I thought was the last, last good record of theirs yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'll fuck with English Oceans a little bit. It's a, it's uneven yeah. and stuff. Like there's a few songs that are good. It's not something I go back to a lot, but um. What what about their like really early records like Gangsta Billy or like Pizza Deliverance? I listened to them this week. Just you know, I've, I yeah. I think those are albums I listened to once ever. You know, I was like these are good, but it's like you know jokey and not as. Yeah, there's one. I think one of their best songs comes from that era of them. I think it's on Gangsta Billy. Which is such a stupid name. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. Exactly. The it. song, the song, the living Bubba is really, really good. Sure. Um, yeah. I think that's a song that was made more popular because they would play it live. I was going to say like that's where the, I saw it. It was one of the only like older songs that they would still play. I don't think they played it when I saw them, but like I think it was on like live records of theirs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, like I just like when I, it was funny. I was actually I was kind of talking about this to um, my fiance Liz last night. Cause I was kind of like, you should listen to this record, and if you like it, you like it. Not big, no big deal. And there are definitely songs off Decoration Day that she liked. She told me one song sounded like the Eagles, and that made me mad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this was a song a song I liked, and I fucking hate the Eagles. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I was just saying to her, I was like, it kind of blows my mind that like, they just aren't bigger than they are, right? Um, because if you are like. Uh, I would always have this problem when I would watch football on Sundays and the the, the cut to commercial music was always so strange to me because it would be like either current like contemporary like IDM music or something like that or like a song like a shitty rock song I've heard a thousand times or like man I can remember like watching football and they the cut to commercial music was Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division <laughs> yeah. like no, your average NFL fan doesn't want to hear that. Right. They don't care about Joy Division. You know what I mean? Like sure. they don't know what that is and they don't care to know. And it's just, so for me, it's like, why doesn't every football fan like drive by truckers? Dude, like, I, know. I don't know. It's probably uh, something with, I mean, like Patterson Hood's vocals. I mean, his style, it's, it's I, I for guess, some people, I could see that being a bit of a, it's not like he's, they're not, he's not always doing like your, your song formula. Like sometimes he's just telling a story over like a cool riff or a cool you know lead or something yeah. like that and i just feel like if you're not used to that i feel like it could take a minute you know but it could i don't know it could um i guess that was like when the first time i heard lucero the person who showed it to me be like don't get mad 
that the dude kind of sounds like the singer of Nickelback. Um, <laughs> yeah, except I'm gonna, yeah. Where it's like, it's about. like I know what they're trying to say, like maybe like a gruffness or grovelly. Super, but, yeah, I gravelly, mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, Chad Kroger is a false, so it's it's kind of mean to compare anybody to right. Nickelback, which is maybe one of the worst bands to happen <laughs> ever. Um, that's the problem too when you're from Canada and like the thing that pops off <laughs> is Nickelback. And like that's a big that bummer. Band, like Nickelback, and then you like you know you can't talk about Rush because people just want to make fun of you for Nickelback, right? <laughs> so it happens. But yeah, like I I don't understand how they never popped off bigger than they have. Like obviously they're doing just fine. Like sure. they've had a, a incredible amount of success and an incredible output of records. And and maybe there's a maybe they just don't care. Yeah. Like yeah. Maybe maybe they're not trying to aspire for stuff like that. I don't know. Fair enough. You know. But yeah, but yeah, like a fucking terrific band. Like I, I would put them like in my top five favorite bands of all time. Yeah, I'm pretty much with, right there with you. It's a band that yeah. like whenever I come back to it, it's just like I mean, it's like a, they're usually like a summer band for me. You know, like if I'm cutting the grass, like it's a high chance yeah. I'm gonna play it. I, I, I definitely listen to Decoration Day a lot in like the last couple of years of like my previous relationship without consciously thinking about I'm listening to this because I feel like this record. We might have. A same a similar list if you are as big a fan well, of decoration day as i am because we might like i it's funny i i use like i use paper and sharpie to write down like like make a big board almost of like what are all the songs on each of these records like i can't live without yeah. and the first two records like if you just threw them away i'm fine with that sure. but then when i got when i got down to it i think there's like 35 40 songs that i broke down yeah yeah and then i'm like well i have to whittle it down to 20 knowing i'm only going to get to pick 10 right (laughs) (laughs) but the thing that's interesting is because i never get to talk to anybody about this band that i have decided is important um i don't know what other like if you know if you're like what's your favorite song by them i'd be like oh this one and then someone could be like well this is my favorite song and i'm like i i never listen to that song yeah and then it's it's interesting because that's the beauty of of music right is that within the same thing there's just other thing there's so many different things that someone can gravitate to yeah, like what resonates yeah especially with them because yeah. they have the lyrical aspects storytelling or just yeah. the like badass riffing and song part of it you know exactly right like someone could be like oh like i love uh i love the song putting people on the moon because right. it's like it's a real rock and track and i'm like oh i like it because like the lyrics are exactly. deeply are deeply relatable and get more and more relevant as like time goes by exactly yeah. So the idea was, yeah, we pick, we're going to do the top 20. Yeah. You get the first pick. You get number one and I get number two. That way I get number 20. That's how I, that's how <laughs> okay. I stacked it. Hold on. I want to write these down though. Oh, Cause I don't want to, I want to lose track. So, so the number one, the, the 20th pick is great because if there's something that we miss that I feel is absolutely necessary, I can, I can snag it. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> the first one is just like, if there's something where you're like, this song absolutely has to be on it and I don't want to miss it. That's like, that's sort of like right. the, the can't miss almost. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you just, you just said it. I mean, I was like, <laughs> what is the quintessential? What one, if I was going to say, check out drive by truckers, what has it? And I think it's putting people on the moon. Oh, f- fuck. Yeah. That <laughs> song is, this song is like, it's a really good, uh, distillation of like what they are. Yeah. I mean, it's got, one, you can listen to it. You don't even have to listen to the lyrics and it's going to be good. Like you said. Yeah. Then if you're sitting there and you actually listen to what the fuck, you know, what, what he's talking about, which is like, just like, it's such a small look at like a, like a character study or whatever of like a dude who's like trying to get by by doing whatever he can selling narcotics and 
running numbers and like whatever in like a small town that like everything's shutting down and you can't get by and like meanwhile they're trying to put people on the moon like that's the like exactly the idea. I, it's i this exact explanation you're saying right now i like i gave this to my fiance last night <laughs> where i was like it's just like a clever thing because it's true we never think about it in like those terms but it's just like it's such a like like, like i understand like space exploration as a whole but like you know, yeah, it is fucking crazy. Like exactly. the amount of money that would go into a company like that, whereas whereas people are starving and have to turn to petty crime or crime in any shape or form to get by. Right. Like, I th- I think it's I. There's definitely it, it. There's a lot of people who have never had to like stretch ten dollars right. for groceries a week. You know what I mean? Like some of us have been there. It sucks. Like sure. I can remember being like. Like living on my own with roommates when I was like 20 years old and being broke and eating nothing but like tofu and French fries because I was vegan <laughs> and had no money and like it was cheap. Yeah, it was like I could buy tofu for a dollar and I could buy and it wasn't like this is like obviously before you could have there were so many like like uh, alternatives. Right. Um, uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to like okay boomer myself with this obviously because I'm only 31. <laughs> There's definitely people who have felt that burn way harder. Yeah. But just like the idea of like of like sc- like scraping by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's kind of like people who romanticize touring, right? Like yeah. Um, and it was like when I when you go home and and you're on like a Rolling Stone list and then people are like, you guys must be doing great. And it's like, well, sort of, but like it's you know, right. We still we still crash at people's houses, like save hundred bucks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Mary Alice had a baby and he looked just like I did. We got married on a Monday and I've been working ever since. The Ford plant, but now they're shutting down. Goddamn Reagan's in the White House, and nobody gives a damn. Double digit unemployment, TVA be shutting soon. While over there in Huntsville, putting people on the moon. So I took to running numbers for this man I used to know, and I sell a and I sell a little blow. I ain't getting rich now, but I'm getting more than buy. It'd be tough to make a living, but a man's just gotta try. If I died in Calvert County, would it make the evening news? They're too busy blowing rockets, putting people on the Yeah, so yeah, that song is freaking incredible. It's funny that record I only picked four songs off of as like potentials. Okay, and that one, that one was like the one I put a star beside. Yeah, two I got a few. from that one. Did I put a star beside? So it's my pick. Oh, that was from uh, Dirty, the Dirty South. I'll just say that Dirty for anyone South, who wants yeah. to check it out. Man, um, I feel like you can't you can't not have this song, and we've already mentioned it. But outfit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was actually one of my 
favorites for quite a while. I mean, it's so fucking good. <laughs> it is good. Um, it's like a really, it's, it's like the opposite of, uh, it's like the opposite of putting people on the moon. It's a really like, it's an overall positive song. Yeah. Like it's a really, it's a really sweet song. I think he wrote it about his, about his, about his dad. Right. Or for his dad or something like that. But yeah, that's, that song is fantastic. And it's a complete contrast. Like if you, if, if someone showed you pe- putting people on the moon and then outfit, it's like, they're like yin and yang to each other. Which is why they work so good. Yeah. Like on that album, exactly. you like the song comes in and it just separates it out a little bit. And, and you, you know, though, the, these guys are so conscious of, of stuff like they will on decoration day, especially I'm pretty sure they would like tackle the same topic from two different perspectives. Right. Yeah. So you would have like a song like marry me, which is like um, an upbeat song mm-hmm. like that makes you feel good about marriage. And then you have my sweet Annette right after, <laughs> yeah. which is just like the complete opposite where it's just like, like marriage falling apart before it even starts kind of thing. Yeah, I love like, when they do shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a fucking great band. Yeah, Anyways. But, I mean, that and Outfit is a cool one for someone to check out. Like, maybe you check out the first one we just said, and you're like, I don't know, those vocals are weird. Check out Outfit, because maybe that'll pull you in, because it's Jason Isbell, and it's fucking... Exactly. It's much more accessible. But, like, listen to the lyrics and the stuff. I mean, it's just like... The, yeah. The, like the, it's like a fatherly advice song or whatever, but not lame. Like, not something you're yeah. going to hear on country radio. Five years in a sunny flooring foundry they call it industrial park then hospital maintenance and tech school just to memorize frigid air parts but i got to missing your mama and i got to missing you too and i went back to painting for my old man and i guess that's what i'll always do so don't let them take who you are, boy And don't try to be who you ain't And don't let me catch you in Kendale With a bucket of wealthy man's paint Don't call what you're wearing an outfit Don't ever say your car is broke Don't sing with a fake British accent And don't act like your family's a joke Have fun, stay clear of the needle Call home on your sister's birthday Don't tell her you're bigger than Jesus Don't give it away Don't give it away That's the and that's the thing too. Like, if modern country was like good, it'd be different. But it's not. Right. Like, I like, um, sh- uh, shit. Like, I know, I know people go hot and cold on her, but like, like I know, like, Payson, my bandmate's a big fan of like Casey Musgrave, okay. and like, I can get into those records. Sure. Um, or like someone like uh, Gillian Welsh, which I don't think people pay attention to her the same way. But like, that's a style of like modern country that I think is mm-hmm. really good. It's not what you hear on the radio, though. Right. So. No. I don't like. I don't know where there is an avenue to hear good modern country, except maybe like like a Spotify playlist or yeah. something like a curated list. But I just have to look it up, you know. And yeah, that's it. Exactly. Uh, it's your turn. Okay. Shit. All right. Well, I'm gonna do another one. No, we didn't do it. Yeah, another one from uh, Decoration Day. Okay. And that one is uh, Sinkhole. 
sinkhole yeah sinkhole's good <laughs> i don't know it's 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 not like it's the it's just the vibe of it i guess like the the end like damned if i don't go to church on sunday look the preacher in the eye it's just like yeah it's such a good story but also has like a lot of attitude it's a fun song like i don't know man yeah i could um, not have it on there i feel like powders and hoods lyrics have always been way more like uh decipherable with mm-hmm. like what he's trying to say Cooley's a little can be a little like cryptic in his own way with like some of the like phrases he'll use right but that was the nice thing about like you hear a song like sinkhole and you know exactly what it's about and it's like if if you're at all engaged by it then you're like this song's fucking incredible yeah it's the same with like hell no i ain't happy which sounds like at first just sounds like a song about like just like wrecking your truck (laughs) (laughs) right 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 you know what i mean where it's just like it's like oh yeah i know exactly like what you're going for sinkhole is a great song and the lyrics are amazing i just love it i looked i was like reading about that album a little bit last night there was it's based on like a short from like 2001 some movie oh, yeah. about like a family that's about to lose their farm and like they go to this accountant and tells them to like do some kind of a crime to get it back right so i yeah. guess that's like the you know but I, I couldn't rent it it wasn't available but anyways a lot of their their songs basically kind of have this desperate times call for desperate measures exactly sort of feel to it right which is what i love yeah i think so too i mean it's just like some people can be more easily appealed by like downtrodden characters or a downtrodden story i totally understand it and sometimes like even that is like in itself is like too harsh even for me like there's it's like movies that like i really love that i have a hard time watching right yeah like i really love um there's a movie, if you haven't seen it, I think you, you might like it, uh, from, I think it's from the 80s, uh, not the 90s. It's called Paris, Texas. Okay. It's by a German director named Wim Wenders, but it's like, it's an American movie. Uh, what's his name? You know, uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a really sweet movie, but it's also like, it, it's very heavy in its content. And there's just scenes in it where it's like, I can't watch it without like feeling like overly emotional. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'll watch a movie once every five years. Yeah. Even though it's like a favorite movie of mine, I can't watch it that much. I get it. Yeah. 100%. Sometimes some like think when things are just like, it's almost too painful because it feels way too real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes like drive-by trucker songs feel that way. <laughs> right. Which is like, which is great. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to, so that we don't, front load this list with all decoration day i'm gonna jump i'm gonna jump really far ahead okay to a song off the big to do okay nice um the wig he made her wear yeah <laughs> yeah i got that on mine too no oh, do you <laughs> <laughs> yep. um that song's great and again like the story is the story's captivating that he's that he's describing yeah and at the same time it, it's sort of 
gonna he basically says i'm not i'm not trying to have an opinion i'm just stating matter of fact right because at the end he says like and i'm not judging either way but she's already out of jail um, yeah and which is like just an interesting like food for thought kind of thing the song is sounds really cool too it's i know you like, don't even have to know the lyrics and it's just like a really cool like yeah. bluesy or yeah running line like throughout the whole thing and it's just it's yeah. just got a good vibe to it and like and you hear you hear yeah. the song title and you're like i already know what this is gonna be like i already all right i know the song is gonna be about something yeah yeah it's like, like what preacher's the, wife and yeah the possessive the possessive nature of the title the way he made her wear like it's like you know like you know it's not gonna be a good like it's not gonna be a, a beat right a beat track no <laughs> yeah it was as open and shut as anything i had seen his reputation was clean It was right before Easter In the first week of spring He didn't show up for service That Wednesday night The congregation knew something weren't right Blood on the bed When they opened the door The preacher was dead On the bedroom floor And everyone Yep, that's, uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorites from that album. I like that album a lot, actually. It's just a cool me album. Me too. And, yeah. uh, I didn't at first when it came out. I thought it was fine. And then yeah. the more I listened to it, I was like, you know, this this record is is actually really good. Yeah. But that song, I think in particular, is like, like if someone was like, got to make a greatest hits compilation, I'm like, you better put that song on it's there. Got it. It's got everything you should, you should like about them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number five. All right. I want to do, since we didn't do anything by Cooley yet, I'll do uh, mm. Daddy's Cup from... Dirty South. Yeah, that's it's, that's funny you mentioned that. That's a song I I like fine, but was never big on. But it is when I I pulled them up on Spotify and it's like a top listen song of theirs. Is it okay? Yeah. See, I don't know. I yeah. Mean, it, like uh, it's just yeah. It struck me one day. I was just like, man, the storytelling. This and again, I guess it's another one of those like is, is what makes it yeah so good because it's got the same like kind of thing going on throughout it, like musically, like instrumentally. I think it's kind of just like the same vibe going on. Yeah, riff wise or whatever, but like just like the story of this like dad teaching his son, like it's it's basically about like racing and like yeah yeah like, like is it like like racing cars right yeah some kind of something yeah. to do with racing cars and it's just like but the message is like if you quit it's gonna haunt you all your life like so like you're yeah. you're learning how to race you're not good at it you know but you can't stop you got to keep doing it you know like. Yeah if you stop now, like knowing that you had, you, you could have done it, but you never did, you know, it's worse than losing. It's just, you got to listen to the message. And then again, these things sound corny on the surface in the yeah. way, like I'm just kind of talking sure. about it. But like when you listen to it, it's like this gritty, you know, just really simple way of saying it that like, I don't know, man, I really like it. I feel that. Well, the first time that I raised my qualifying was a shame. I started out way in the back and came back about the same. Pulled her in the pit, couldn't look my daddy in the eye. He said, if you quit now, son, it's gonna haunt you all your life. See, it ain't about the money or even being number one. You gotta know when it's all over, you did the best you could have done. And knowing that it's in you. And you never let it out was 
worse than blowing any engine or any wreck you'll ever have. Since then I wrecked a bunch of cars and I broke a bunch of bones. It's anybody's race out there and I learned to run my own. I'd shove them in the wall and I'd hit them from behind. I'd let them know that I was there. I'd let them know that track was mine. That is, like that is a good song. It's a song I should go back and listen to more. Yeah. All right, I'll pick I'll pick a Cooley song because I haven't yet either. Yeah. And I th- it's funny. I think I think Patterson Hood's output definitely uh, dominates the sure. songs I've picked. But the songs by Cooley that I like, like I f- I fucking love. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I can pick that one later. This is more kind of runs counter to the other ones I've picked, where I've like been highlighting like just like the the real like the, the heavy nature of the song. Yeah. But um, Three Dimes Down off Brighter Than Creation's Dark is yeah. like a perfect rock and roll song. And the lyrics are awesome. And it's it's one of my favorite songs by by Cooley. The lyrics are great, but they're not like, oh my God, this is so heavy. It's just like, <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was on my like first list. Like what are the ones I love? And then I narrowed it down. And I can't even remember what that one's about right now, but I just remember being like, it's like the second song on there, right? Yeah, because it opens with that incredible song, Two Daughters and a Beautiful Wife, yeah. about the family that got murdered on Christmas Day. Yeah. Which is a fucking crazy way to start a record. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the same with like the way they start Decoration Day, which is a song about incest. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, Three Dies Down, it just, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like, like the Rolling Stones or something. Like, yeah. Like, t- down to tone and everything. But the lyrics are just like, I think just about like being out on like a Saturday night. And it's it's great. Like he's got that line where it's like, "What's the guy without a T gonna get totally screwed?" While chicken wing pu- chicken wing puke eats the candy apple red off his Corvette. Like it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got so much funny stuff. Yeah. For yeah. sure. He's got a pretty good like humor in a lot of his songs. Yeah. Do you like do you like that record? Yeah, uh, start. I only ended up with one that I like kept, but I oh, had yeah. a bunch. And I, actually, I was listening to it last night. Like I was just like in a chill mood, and it's such mm-hmm. a good like evening nighttime kind of a it is. album. It to me that record is like Bruce Springsteen's The River, oh, yeah, where okay. it's a lot of songs and it varies. Yep. So like The River, like I don't know, like. Are you much of a Bruce Springsteen fan? Yeah, I am. I am. So me too. But I, I'm really, I'm kind of specific with my Bruce Springsteen uh, yeah. admiration. I don't like the first three records by him. Okay. And that includes Born to Run. So I get eviscerated for that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought once Darkness came out, he really changed his approach to writing lyrics. He yeah. really stripped it down. He like, he kind of stopped trying to write like run-on sentences like he's Bob Dylan. And sure. It just. It got simpler, and 
obviously he shifted his focus like uh, of what he was writing about i think the songs became a little more heavier in nature like yeah. there's some there's some dark songs on <laughs> darkness on the edge town yeah for sure that's a good comparison actually and i never even thought about that but so yeah. the, the the river is like what uh 20 songs it's like so is i think brighter and creation's dark around the same and you've got some really like uh like heavy songs like in like regards to like mood or tone and then you've got some like really like upbeat rock and roll songs so you have songs off like the river like cadillac ranch or something yeah. like that right like these kind of like almost dumb throwaway rock sure. songs you can look but you better not touch but then you have songs like the river <laughs> or you have songs like stolen car or like point blank uh drive all night like these more like emotive tracks i guess yeah but so the river has been one where I, the songs off it that I like, I really love. But I think overall, and this is like, a, this is a, this doesn't mean to be a hot take, but some people, when I say this, they're like, really, that record's your favorite? Tunnel of Love is my favorite. Okay. Record. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like, I love, I don't mind the shitty 80s production of it. Um, I just think the songs are really good. I think he was, his head was in a good spot to write a good record after Born in the USA. Right. Which is a terrific record. But he was going through some shit, obviously. Like, I think Tunnel of Love, he was like, he was going to get divorced from his wife. I think that's when him and Patty, his bandmate, were starting to get serious about being together and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of the songs are like about, about like going through motions like that. So I think it just, I think stuff like that resonates with me. So that's always been my favorite. But yeah. anyways, yeah, I, Better Than Creation's Dark is a record that I think is really good, but I don't think, I don't think every song's perfect. I'm the same way. Yeah. Well, I'll throw in, yeah. I'll, I'm going to throw in one more from it right now since we're talking do about it. it. I want to do another Cooley one. And I don't know, this is one I feel like I'm sure it's not a like hugely popular one, but uh -huh. just the song Bob. Oh, Bob's a good song. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is. It's like the charm of it. But it's every a time charming, I hear it. It's a very charming song. <laughs> it's a very, very charming song. I mean, it's like that. It's And it seems so simple, but like to write a song like that, like, I don't know, man. It, I love that song. Yeah, that one is great. I didn't have that one, but I like that song a lot. Yeah. Um, he's got a couple songs like that on the record that are like fun and not super heavy like that. Self-Destructive Zones is by him as well, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah. a, that's a fun, that's a good song by him. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good pick. I like, like that. Goes to church every Sunday when the fish ain't biting. Just It's just like yeah. such a good like character <laughs> portrait. Like yeah. the, it, it's simple, but just looking at this one dude, he just lives a simple life. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, he sums it up. It just, it's kind of yeah, like, what's, the, what's that one line in it? Hold on. Uh, I have to look it up. I always, I always laughed when I, when I was first listening to the record, uh, uh, Robert ain't exactly scared of women. He's just got his own way of living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just um, simple, man. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is a good one. Um, <laughs> the lyrics of that one are really good, but yeah, like super, a very simplistic, like comparison, like compared to other songs of theirs. Yeah. Like, yeah um it's pretty straightforward that i don't is think it's gonna one. be on like their top 10 you know if they, if they put out an album of like their top probably wouldn't be there but it's just like one of those that i resonate with bob goes to church every sunday every sunday that the fish ain't biting bob never has to have dinner with the preacher cause bob never bothered getting married he likes to drink a beer too every now and again He always had more dogs than he ever had friends Bob ain't light in the loafers 
He might kneel, but he never bends over. Shit. Okay, I think I'm gonna pick a, a Patterson Hood song. The title track off this record, A Blessing and a Curse. I okay. think the title the title track for me is really, really good. Yeah. That's an album that like is probably my least listened to. I think it's I think out of like that string of records, like from like Decoration Day to Brighter Than Creation's Dark, including that one, I think most people would say Blessing and a Curse is the one they le- listen to the least. Okay. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's I think Dirty South is the one I listen to the uh, least. Okay. Funny enough. Okay. Yeah. Just like February 14th, Gravity's Gone, Easy on Yourself, yeah. Daylight, like Little Bonnie, Space City, and then A Blessing and a Curse. They're all songs that I'm just like, these are all amazing. And when you say it, like, those are all good songs. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the, the funny favorite. part about when a, when a band, like when you have like a band that you like their records and then just like, uh, oh yeah, that record's okay. And then you go and look at it and you're like, oh, I, I like seven songs off this. Right. <laughs> um, it was sort of like, this is a, I was talking to a friend yesterday about this this band from the 80s called Prefab Sprout who are sort of like a uh like a I guess they're like a new wavy but like very much more like sophisticated like pop music yeah for lack of a better way of putting it I love them and a, f- a friend of mine texted me the other day and he's like I'm trying to listen to Prefab Sprout and I think I hate it and I was like really he's like this this one record and I was like well I think the album Steve McQueen's great and he's like well that's the one I'm listening to and I can't stand it I was like can you not stand it he's like he's like well how about this? He's like, the songs that are really good are amazing. And the songs that are bad are just awful. And I was like, that's a, that's fair. And sure. I kind of felt the same way. I was like, the songs that I love, I love them so much though, that they kind of can overshadow how much I hate some of the songs on the record. Yeah. And then he was, that's a fair point. But like, as the thing, if you have songs that are so strong that they can carry like absolute garbage, then like, that's fine. You For can, sure. I can deal with it. I'm sure there's something like you tell them that you're like, well, these songs you wrote like are transcendent, but these ones are just trash. They'd be like, well, fuck you. I think <laughs> yeah, <just> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it happens. Yeah. yeah but yeah. yeah, Blessing and a Curse, it's just like, that's a song where I feel like as they build it up, um, it showcases the fact that they have three guitar players. Yeah. Because one kind of comes in one after the other and it's like, man, like why don't more rock bands just have three guitar players? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's definitely, it works for bands like this for sure. Well, it just may, it makes you sound like the, the the sound of their records is so strong. Like it just sounds like huge. Oh yeah. For like a rock, like, and like, and it's not, it's not like their production isn't flashy or anything like that. Like it's yeah. just the fact that they are layering it so well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think Blessing and a Curse is a, is a really good record. Yep. I agree. It's fun. It's just, I, I guess I, it lacks a little bit of that, like, for me, I really like the Dirty South, and I like that dark vibe of it, and, like, that really southerny sound, and, like, yeah. Brighter and Creation's Dark, or uh, Blessing and a Curse, it's just a little more, like, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it more fun, but it's, like, it doesn't have the same super southern sound to I me. Understand. I understand. But, but it's still great, like, don't get me wrong. I understand. But. Um, all right, it's your turn. How about, I mean, since we haven't done any from it yet, um, Southern Rock Opera. Uh-huh. It's a fucking hard one because there's so many songs. Um, yeah. And it was like, like I said, the first one I went to, it's not my favorite, but there's so many good songs on there. It was kind of hard to pick, but I, uh, let's do, um, let's do like Dead, Drunk, and Naked. Oh yeah, that song's good. <laughs> it's a catchy ass song. Yeah. It, it, that, that album to me, there's so many big Southern Rock riffs on there. Like oh, if I yeah. want that from them, I'm going to go to that album. And so, I went with that one for that kind of for that reason. And that it's song kind of has that that whole album has sort of like an overarching kind of narrative, yes. right? 
yeah, it's all based. It's the same kind of thing with like reconciling, like being from the South and tying yeah. it into the story of Leonard Skinner and then um, that, you know, the racism going on and them not being racist and like the plane crash and like they do all these weird parallels. And if you dig into it, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. What's the one song on there? Uh, Let There Be Rock. Yeah. There's a really good line in there because I like talking about like growing up where he's like they say, um, uh, I never saw Leonard Skinner, but I sure saw Molly Hatchet. Exactly. <laughs> the yeah. 38 special in the Johnny Van Zandt band. Where right. That's a good line because like if it's true, like, I mean, that's like it's, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but like it's a big thing to admit if you're a Southern rock <laughs> band and you never got to see Leonard Skinner, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, depending on your age bracket, obviously. say it i have that song on there and yeah for the exact I, same I, reason <laughs> i did too <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i was like it's just like a funny thing to admit when you're writing an album about skinner like <laughs> yeah you've never 100%. seen them yeah there, okay. yeah like uh that's a there's a record that i didn't like when i first heard it because it was just too it was too rock for me yeah um yeah. and then i i grew i grew to like it and i, I quite like it now yeah. um yeah i kind of want to pick a song off it <laughs> uh fuck that's a, this this is where it gets tough because now I've got I've got five picks left. Yeah. And I and I've got so many songs highlighted. <laughs> um you know what? Like very opposite. Like the, the closing track on that on that record, Angels and Fuselage, oh, I think yeah, is yeah. really, really good. I'm gonna pick that one. Now I think that's yeah, because that's the one where he's like paralleling like the plane crash and like going down yeah. and like the thoughts in the plane, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I forgot yeah. about that yeah. one. Yeah, me too. Till last night when I was like listening to the record, and I was just like, "Holy <laughs> fuck, this song's incredible!" That's a cool ass song. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I love. Yeah, I was thinking about it when I listened to it the other day. Like, it's such a weird idea to do that, but it makes so much sense. Like being in a plane going down, like what's going through your head, and yeah. It's your turn. Sorry. I'll do. Uh, 
I'll go back to the Dirty South and I'll do Where the Devil Don't Stay. Oh which, yeah, um, that's a great track. I'm starting to forget some of like which one's which now because I made the playlist, but I'm pretty sure this is Cooley talking about like this, the gambling, his dad like gambling. Yeah, it's the opening track off the record. Yeah. yeah I remember having like that dark vibe. It's got that like stomp to it kind of like that yep. like simplistic. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty into that one. That's a good one. All right, let's see what we got. So I'm looking at our list and we're at pick 12. Okay, I have to go back to Decoration Day because now I'm starting to get worried I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> this is, oh my God, this is so fucking hard. Um, this is actually my favorite Drive by Trucker song, despite the fact that it's coming in so late in the list. Okay. But um, something's got to give pretty soon yeah. off Decoration Day, I think is a, is a song that really resonates with me. Yeah. It is just, if you've ever gone through a breakup and you hear that song, like it should just, you should just be like, I understand this like completely. 100%. Especially in that way where it's like sometimes people like you, you could have like a catastrophic event, catastrophic event and then it like, you know, something happens between two people and it just everything blows up. Right. Yeah. Done. And then sometimes what I think more people experience is the long, slow, like dragged out, like mm. death of a relationship. Yeah. And we're at that we're at that point where you're like, there's nothing I can do to save this. Maybe I don't necessarily want to leave, but it kind of feels like my only option or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I've definitely had that conversation with someone. It's like, we've literally tried everything and nothing is working. Like, we have to call a spade a spade or something like yeah. that, right? And then it's just like, it, you're both on the same page, but you're both like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, that song yeah. nails that vibe. It does. It does. It's it's really, really, really good. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with anything. I mean, if I had to pick one album that's, decoration day altogether so <laughs> i know it's like it is like there's no song on it i don't like right that song in particular just like i had to make sure i got it on there well i'll do um one more from there at least uh, the the title track oh I mean, yeah the song's amazing it's just i mean it's the other isbel song on there and but it fits so well with like the drive-by truckers because it's like it's the story of it and it has that like southern like feud you know like between two families that you would get out of like what's like the famous one like um, Hatefield the McCoys or something like that where like I feel oh, like yeah sure you know what I'm saying and it's like, but it's like through his own family like this feud where his dad was killed yeah and but it's just like a very dramatic like southern gothic kind of like tale or whatever and I, I don't know and, but he's like wrestling with it a little bit yeah. not sure why it's still going but it is and I, I don't know it's a very powerful song but at the same time like without the lyrics it's still like super good because it's his voice yeah every like Every character from that record just sounds like they like like a lot of it sounds like they just come from like a William Faulkner novel or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Like, 
and if if you like that, then it's just like it it can resonate with you even deeper. And exactly. Like, yeah, they're like I feel like that record more than any of them really captures like Southern Gothic. Yep. Out of their out of their catalog, I don't know. Maybe they were going for that in particular on that one record, but yeah, it definitely is know. like they definitely like harness that like essence more than ever. Yeah. Like yeah, every every song on that record is good. <laughs> <laughs> what number thirteen? Okay. Yeah, that was thirteen. I'm fourteen now. Shit. Okay, I'm thinking here. This is where it really starts to get tricky. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick what I think. So there's two songs that I think are Mike Cooley's best songs. So I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try my best to get both. Okay. In, but this one's off "Blessing and a Curse," uh, "Space City." Oh yeah, that's the one that's like so good on there to me. Yeah, that that's like. I remember not taking that record super seriously, and then I remember I feel like I was either watching or reading something about them where they were just talking about. Like I think Patterson Hood was just talking about how brilliant of a, of a song Space City is. Okay. And it was just like I, f- I maybe it was on the uh, that like documentary they did like around the time that Big To Do and Go Go Boots came out about yeah. the band. And I remember I that. Like, I feel like in the documentary he just plays that song straight up like in a room somewhere for the camera. Okay. I gotta watch and, it again. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I just remember being like, wow, that song is good. And then I just yeah, the the lyrics in that song are fucking incredible. It's like about his grandpa or one of them dying is grandma or is grandpa right that's a perspective of it like i believe so like one of them dying and like dealing with that it's something like that but it's so cleverly yeah. written yeah it's i think it's it seems like someone who's re- like reflecting on on just like you know like when you, you when you say something you kind of wish you could take back yeah. i think it's yeah, about, yeah yeah i think it's about someone dying like yeah, maybe that's like, what it, I, you're, you're bringing me back now or like a, a this one when you look at the lyrics um it definitely seems like it could be about yeah like a partner passing or a parent passing and regretting things and yeah, yeah. reflecting yeah that's exactly yeah yeah like in, in it he kind of says like i'm not ashamed of like what i've done but i'm ashamed of like what i've said yeah yeah Powerful sometimes stuff. <laughs> words I use are as hard as my fist yeah. um the strength of a man and the heart of a child i guess yeah, yeah. like that's that's Powerful. that's harsh man heavy <laughs> <laughs> now i feel bad <laughs> it's a heavy but it's a it's, it's a good one i'll, it is I'll a back very that for sure if i could have one wish right now I'd be about as half as tough as opportunity I wouldn't care how empty this old house feels I could take her things and take her far away here I could make sure no dirt ever got on her name Looking at that stone with if we turn one person into a fan of this band then we've done our job oh i can't wait to hear i hope someone at least (laughs) and the amount of people who will maybe roast us i i that's fine too all right (laughs) (laughs) um well i already said let there be rock so count that one okay cool that'll be my that'll be 15 yeah all right that is a good one yeah because I have to have at least a couple from that album. I mean, yeah, we've be. got we've got th- two or three now, three from yeah. the record. Um, 
this song is not probably a big a popular song amongst drive-by truckers fans it's off brighter than creation's dark um the opening act okay really like that song i really like the lyrics maybe it's just because uh as someone who's had to play shows i feel like a some of it and yeah i just think it's really good Um, yeah the lyrics are good it's it's more subdued i feel like i'm picking some real subdued songs but i don't care (laughs) yeah yeah no that's funny because that's one of the ones i probably like don't resonate with as much but i mean it's not bad yeah for sure but i can see how you would for sure yeah because it, yeah it's just about like being like the opening act at a band or like of a out of a show yeah. and it's just like on your way to the next stop maybe like n- nobody nobody caring yeah he's like there's a band on stage that used to be huge they sound on but no one's listening that's like another thing like how many times have you gone to like a festival and you saw a band that you're like i really think this band needs right. to hang Right, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I saw this band 20 years too late, and I just, like, I feel sad. Yeah. I think, like, you, I, you definitely start to feel self-conscious about stuff. It's the same with, like, anything, though. Like, sometimes you just got to know when to hang it up. Right. Maybe if you're, like, in any walk of life. Maybe if you're a writer, uh, an author, yeah. uh, an actor, like, anything. anything artistic, like, yeah. Or an athlete. Like, they're definitely, like... It's, it's like I like I love basketball. Like one of the hardest things about quarantine is like not being able to watch the NBA. Right. And like basketball is something I do with a lot of my time. Like I watch a lot of basketball. Yeah. Um, and you know this year was great. I was having a great time watching, especially because like the Raptors won the title last year, which is still like I can't believe we won. Like it, it happened. I know it happened. I watched it, but yeah, it's still like one of those like surreal experiences. So this year was fun because it was just like, well, let's see how good we are, even though like our, the best player on the team last year left for Los Angeles. And now we, we don't have that. But like you watch basketball and like there are guys who play that really think they're worth what they make or that they're still good. And it's like you you hit your prime years ago. Like you're, you got to hang it up. Like people can't get a job, but they're still so sure of themselves that they can. And like that, that lack of self-awareness like scares me. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like that that song kind of like just hits for me for a few different reasons. I can buy that. Yeah. Like I said, not bad. Just one that it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like Bob for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Why you like it? I just never would have thought of it. Right. All right. Uh, 17. All right. So I feel like I'm picking a lot of Mike Cooley ones, I guess. But um, yeah. I'm going to go with another one from him. I was like trying to pick between the two of them on uh, Big To Do that I like from him. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, birthday boy or get downtown? Boy yeah, I'm going with birthday boy. It's just birthday like birthday boy is so good. <laughs> it's such a good song, written from like the point of like a stripper and like uh, I think like a younger guy, you know, well, that's first funny. time like, kind of thing. You know, um, this is a remember like this sounds like funny when to say this, but you remember when bands had websites like actual websites? Yeah. Like, go to a band's website to figure out. Like what was going on with them, their tour dates or whatever. Like before yeah. you could just, they could just post it on Instagram or social media, whatever. And the thing that was cool about their website, and I, is that um, Patterson Hood would write a commentary about every record. Like, oh yeah, like I wrote this song, it's about this. Cooley yeah. wrote this song and it's great. And Cooley wouldn't talk about what his songs were about, but like Patterson Hood would kind of like dissect it or be like, yeah. Thing about that song, I can't remember which line it is, but he's like, there's a line in it that is a quote from a movie called Paper Moon. Okay. Which is a movie from the 70s by uh, Peter Bogdanovich, who made he made that one. I think he made a few movies, but he made that one in Last Picture Show, and they're both like fantastic movies. Um, 
And I would recommend it to anybody who's still listening at this point that they should watch Paper Moon <laughs> and Last Picture Show. I mean, you've got time if you're not working. Right. Um, but like, I had never watched that movie. And then I read that and I was like, oh, I should watch that movie. And I was like, oh, this yeah. movie's terrific. I'll check it out. Uh, it's great. Like, it has like young, like Tatum O'Neill as a kid in the movie. She's really awesome. But yeah, that, that song is, that song's great. Like another good, like narrative. That's like kind of fun. Exactly. It's fun, but it's so fucking witty. Like, I don't know if which it, one's the birthday boy. Oh no, wait, it's he, it's he. The song's about getting a lap dance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> got the got a girlfriend, don't you, boy? Nervous hands, can't lie. Oh, yeah, Married men don't ask how much. Single ones ain't buying. Like, it's just, I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> yeah, no, like that. That I think the single single man don't ask uh, don't ask how much or whatever that line. I think that might be from Paper Moon. I can't remember, but okay. what a what a what a good song it's funny i think that one comes right after a song that i really like off the record i'm not gonna pick it but i wrote it down on my short list but the fourth night of my drinking yeah it's a good which one which is yeah. a really good song about like self-destruction yeah 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 it's a um, fun one too it is that Speaking is a good of those one parallel songs they have that one on there like get downtown and this fucking job oh yeah like, those are totally. cool paired together you know that but one, anyways oh man <laughs> <laughs> what um, number is that now that was 17 so okay. i've got you've got one more and i've got two more oh shit okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna use because we haven't picked a song off go-go boots okay yeah i don't think i have any from there i got one uh used to be a cop okay that's a good call that's if i had to pick one i might go that actually um good story and the song itself is just like has like a just like a different feel to it altogether like the baseline at times almost feels like like you'd hear from like a disco song or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just like or like actually I think the rhythm of it is almost similar to like Smooth Criminal. Oh like, wow. The okay. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you think about it, which is uh, which is funny to think about. But yeah, that song. I think the lyrics are really good. I think the song is good. If if there was one song that really hit me when that record came out, it was that one. Through 
Yeah. Yeah, that's like the one I remember too. It, it's it's a good album. It's just like not quite as memorable to me. Exactly. But like, it's not bad. I like like that song and like I like Coolie's song Cartoon Gold off it. I really like Mercy mm-hmm. Buckets, like the closing track. But yeah, like overall I'm just kind of like Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All, All right, right you got so one? I got one more. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I want to go with Decoration Day again, but just to add some more variety, I'm not going to. I want to do like Hell No, I Ain't Happy, but I'm going to go with, um, let's do one more from Brighter Than Creation's Dark, actually. This okay. isn't, I'm, I'm going off, not off my final list anymore. I'm going back because we like <laughs> kind of picked some overlaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do That Man I Shot. Oh, that's a good song. It's another one of those like. I didn't, I didn't have that one written down, but that song is incredible. Yeah, it's like it sticks out of my head. Like I can hear it. You know, it's it's got that like catchy vibe to it, but it's like another good like just storytelling song about like shooting a person. I think it's like a, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the full scenario, but it's something about like shoot, shooting someone, but like wondering if they have a family. Like he came at me. About, I think it's about killing someone in, in like the war. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. They probably were writing it maybe thinking in mind of like, you know, all the conflict that the U.S. has involved itself in in the Middle East, right? Like, right. He says, like that man I shot, I was in his homeland. Like, I think that's and that's where he's yeah. going. But yeah, that 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 one is good. Where it's like, you're you're doing this thing that you're obviously being paid to do, and that person on the other side is doing the exact same thing, right? You just kind of beat them to the punch. Yes. Like they, you got a shot on them before they did you, but you exactly. both trying to kill each other and just being like, I don't hate him. I still don't like, does he have a family? Are they, you know, just like and reflecting a, on yeah, it. Like being haunted by yeah. like, by actions. Um, yeah. even though like stuff like that, you can like, it's under like this like veil of, well, you're, you're doing it for your country or whatever. Right. Um, and like whatever, whatever that, the thing that you have to tell yourself to justify taking somebody else's life. Right. Cause like, no matter what, like that's like you gotta live with that forever. Exactly. Like I, I don't know. That takes like that's tough. Yeah, I I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. That's that's a heavy one again. <laughs> funny i'm not i'm gonna screw myself out of picking my two favorite coolie songs <laughs> i picked space city the other song i like by him the most it sounds better in the song okay yeah and that yeah. song is amazing and it's super heartbreaking i'm not gonna pick it um, okay it's, it's, it's like my it's like my runner-up but i'm gonna pick this song to close it because I'm, I'm also thinking if i saw this band play this set and then they close with this song i think i'd be like really happy <laughs> okay um, tornadoes yeah, fuck yeah. That was one I had on my final <laughs> list. Or no, yeah. I was like, do I want to go with it? Do I not? It's a weird fucking song, but it's pretty fucking it's am- powerful. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing song. Like, yeah. it's such a, 
it's a it's a crazy like when bands pick like when bands can sequence like a selection of songs in a row that work really well i'm always really happy yeah yeah and like so to go from where the devil don't stay which is this like really like build up like rocking song to mm-hmm. tornadoes but it's not feel like you're losing any power it's a very powerful song just a different yeah. kind of power yeah that song i didn't like it at first i remember being like where oh, really? it just goes on and on and, like there's not he's just <laughs> you know i just, i don't know i remember just thinking that at the beginning but then it's like nope this is one of my favorites <laughs> yeah it's a i think it's a i think it's an incredible song um, it's basic i mean a tornado coming into town and like the the vibe of that and yeah oh but it's totally. just so heavy the way it's written and sung and i don't know the clouds started forming five o'clock p.m the funnel clouds touched down five miles north of russellville the sirens were blowing clouds spat rain and as the thing came through i swear Sounded like a train I came without no warning Said Bobby Joe McLean She and husband Nolan Always love to watch the rain The lyrics are, yeah, his like, he's just they're so fucking good at writing songs man i don't know what happened though because like i tried listening to that new album i just couldn't it just couldn't i couldn't get couldn't didn't get to me i just think it's i mean look they got a lot more political which is is fine i mean you know they always have had that like i feel like in there they're they're like their politics are on the same side as me right sure it doesn't it's not like (laughs) it's not like they're like we're gonna get political and then they're like oh shit they're like really conservative or something like that like it's not like yeah it's not like it scared me away like um, that's not my problem either it's more of just like i just want character studies and aspect yeah i feel like it doesn't really have that as much like you can throw all the politics in there you want as long as it's like done in the way that there is what i like you know yeah 100 percent. well like Dirty South is a very like political record. Like yeah, exactly. When, you, when you, if you like just look at like Boys from Alabama, Cottonseed, and Buford Stick, like those songs are really like you know scathing about uh, about Sheriff Buford. Like Boys from Alabama is a really cool song because it tells you oh, like yeah. it, they're basically like we're gonna tell the story from the other side. Like right, they're like they do kind of demonize Sheriff Buford, and I'm not I'm not giving them shit for that. I think they got shit for it when it came out, probably. Yeah. But, so what but yeah, yeah uh just the new stuff and again like bands you know it's hard to it's hard to stay the the essence that made a certain amount of records good like how do you how do you keep that up for 20 plus years exactly and they've been a band since at least 98 at least exactly that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty nuts it's a long fucking time i know i know i thought about going to see them again like they came through like a year or two ago and i was like ah, i don't know i don't is it gonna be the same i don't know but yeah that's fair like i i never I I'm, would remember when they came through and I just never thought to go right. like, after the time I saw them. And the time I saw them was really good and I feel like I just kind of want to preserve that memory yeah. as opposed to potentially sullying it with like going to see them and not liking it as much. Yeah, um, I think that would, it would just bum me out. It's like They were cool though. I mean, it was cool to see them live because that same like storytelling vibe that are in all the albums, it's like yeah. Patterson will just stop 
and fucking tell a 10 minute story in the middle of a song yeah <laughs> like about the story that he's already singing and then go back into it i mean it's it's definitely cool you know but it's i think it's fun too because like especially bands like that where you're kind of on an island with them you don't know many people that like them creates a different experience when you go to see them because you're just like who likes this band yeah like who who like what kind of people are going to be at this show and with stuff like that you'll get you'll get a pretty you get an you get an interesting mix you do i feel like i was the youngest person at that show when i went okay i mean i was 20 so i think i was 20 years old um makes sense though it does but it's just like it's still it was just interesting where it's just like i feel really like out of place here but not like not in a bad way just like right this is chill. Like sometimes going to a show where you don't know anyone is like really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I get more anxious going to a show where I think I'm going to know people because like, <laughs> you know, I, I can do my best to, to chat and all that stuff. But like, I'm, I'm an anxious guy. Like sure. the amount of like shows I bail on going to like, <laughs> cause I have a hard time like committing is just, I just get in my own head about it and then I don't want to yeah, go. And I like, feel that. <laughs> or I like, I leave immediately. Like I just like something happens and then I'm just like, I have to go. Like, uh, I, and I definitely like, I've like just ghosted on shows where people have been like, Oh, it would have been cool if you'd stayed. And I was like, right. oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not going to feel bad, but like, I'm, I'm yeah. also not going to have to, I'm not going to explain to you like what goes on in my head about it. <laughs> right. No, it's fair. It's fair. But yeah. Um, what a great band. Those records still hold up. Like, Oh yeah. Going through them again, like, especially like trying to think about it it's just like man like they have so many songs that hit me that like i can't think of like another band maybe outside of like something like springsteen where it's just like this many songs where i'm just like i feel this oh yeah i'm the same way yeah man it's it's funny because i hadn't listened to them in a little bit i mean i i don't know but then i went through pretty much i think all the albums past week and i was just like yeah this everything holds up it's it really does well, all I know is that you're going to have to do some master work with this because we've been talking for two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to just put it out. and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not like anybody else has anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure, honestly, probably, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to probably stop right at the drive-by truckers, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just like bonus material for like you and me and maybe one other person. <laughs> I'm not doing anything today, so... <laughs> It was just nice to talk to about it because, like, it's sort of like when you are someone, like, you know, being in, like, let's say if you're just, like, going to punk shows and metal shows and that's, like, the life you know. But you like these things outside of that world that, like, you just don't have fun in your life to talk about. It's like people who come to the cafe I work at and I they know that I really like basketball. And then we talk about basketball. My, My manager is a huge NBA fan and we can talk for hours about it. And it's just this thing, like we have other things we can relate to, but we don't have other people in our lives that we can just talk freely about basketball with, right? And it's the same with like, if you are someone who really likes metal, but you don't really have any any friend, like all your friends, the people you associate with aren't part of that world. And then you know one person, you kind of like, you'll... That's that will drive your conversation, for sure. But with me, like I have this band that I love that I can't talk to anybody about. <laughs> <laughs> so random. And not though. for any and not for any malicious reason. It's not like oh, I like this band that's canceled because like dude's a pedophile. It's not like liking <laughs> yeah. what's that? What's that band? Uh, was it Inquisition? Where Inquisition, the dude was sketchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's not like that. Like it's just like nobody cares about this like country southern rock band. <laughs> well, I hope you get like twenty people that are like 
messaging you now like let's talk to our drive-by truckers <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you never know you never know they're gonna have a hard time tracking me down but i yeah, wish them yeah. luck <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right man well it was a lot of fucking fun yeah it was nice talking to you i'm glad you're doing okay during this i'm glad your family's doing all right yeah for sure same to you man hopefully you guys uh you and your fiance can get reunited because that sucks but hopefully that stuff will uh hopefully the tides will change and maybe something will happen we're not expecting and things will get better faster i don't know but time will tell just like yeah. be realistic but like keep some optimism That's yeah exactly all I, all I can do at this point 